me down to sleep, lay me down. I pray my soul is mine to keep my soul. And never step outside this bed, never into all the evil, all the evil. Every dream you follow, every deed you've done, has brought you to this moment. Face to face with destiny. I am gonna chew you up and spit you out. Triple H, you're a dead man! These men are beating the hell out of each other. They're gonna destroy each other. Champion Brock Lesnar versus the Big Show in a stretcher match. The stretcher match is the most barbaric, brutal match that there is in this business. I am not Hulk Hogan. What you gonna do when Vincent Kennedy McMahon rips the red, white, and blue off of you and destroys have you had a good life? Are you proud of who you are? Were you crippled by fear? Are you ready to accept your fate? Judgment Day is upon us. God have mercy on their soul. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rufus Aggression Era podcast, the only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us Triple H versus Big Sexy Kevin Nash and Roddy Piper versus Mr. America. The jaunt is over. It's time for Judgment Day. I'm excited. I'm Dave. I'm with CJ. Are you excited as I am? Oh boy, I can't wait for Judgment Day. It sounds like a cracker. I'm really excited. No, I actually am. I, I am looking forward to talking about Judgment Day. It blew me away with how much I actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I would definitely agree there. Uh, I wasn't expecting much. But I was expecting SmackDown to have better quality matches. Uh, but I would say they were sort of on par. But I'm going to... When we get through this... <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah. I don't want to like spoil it. So how are you? Um, got the train at 10, quarter past 10 from Cambridge, Ely. Uh, got to Sheffield about 1 o'clock, then stayed in Meadowall for about an hour. Then I got here to good old Wakefield. Yeah, man. Because, uh, Dave, you're in a new house now. I am, yeah. Brand new property. Me and the missus now own a house. We're going to bore people now. Let's talk about us for a minute. Uh, yeah, me and the missus, we bought a new house. So, Christian, this is your first time at Casa de Burnham, let's see. Sat in the new conservatory, all set up and uh, ready to talk Judgment Day. So, I think without any further ado, let's get into it. Present WWE Judgment Day. Did you watch Sunday Night Heat pre show? Uh, no, I didn't, but I heard it was great. Oh, it was amazing. We had the rematch from No Mercy back in October's Sunday night pre-show. 
of the Hurricane against Stevie Richards. Oh, was a was a good match. No, <laughs> I can't but imagine it being a good Hurricane match. Hurricane got the win with the Shining Wizard. I, it fucking winds me up, right? I, I said it annoyed me before. It's now starting to piss me off. This roller coaster of emotions that they're playing with me with the Hurricane. It started with Test back at the start, yeah? It was against The Undertaker at one point. Things were looking good for Test. And then he fucked off. Luckily, he cut his hair, roided up a bit, cut off his fucking trousers and started wearing pants. And now he's kind of getting... Granted, he missed that fucking show, but he's getting a bit of a push. Hurricane, one minute he's fucking fighting Triple H and The Rock and all that. Next minute, he's fighting fucking Stephen Richards in his pink pants on fucking heat. Well, it's no no comment. No comment. We do get an appearance, though. We do get an appearance in Judgment Day. Yeah, some may say. Some <laughs> may say. I wouldn't quite say it was the hurricane, but certainly a ace reporter, let's say. Um, now, the promo to begin with really, 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 really wound me up because it was the exact same ent- opening to Judgment Day as Judgment Day last year, well, in 2002. Exactly the same. All they did was splice out the voices and the pictures of uh, this year's feuds and obviously took out last year's feuds and copied them with this year's feuds. Really annoyed me. But as a... If you weren't reciting and studying the Ruthless Aggression era, you would, like... I wouldn't have noticed that. We didn't We didn't do Judgment Day 2002. That's what I mean, though. Yeah. If you were just like a normal wrestling fan in 12 months later, you're not going to remember that. I, I, I recognised it instantly. I recognised it instantly. Also, what I recognised instantly... As soon as it came on, you had the little girl speaking, where she went, uh, it was like... That's Judging Bay 2000, isn't it? No, no, exactly. Not only is it Judgment Day 2000, right? the words went as follows. It was, as I lay me down to sleep, I pray my soul is mine to keep and never step outside this bed, never into all evil. And then this woman started chiming, every dream you follow. Right? But after the um, never into all evil, all it was missing was now back from the dead, which was what played when Undertaker made his return at Judgment Day. Yeah. So he played out there, he went, and then he came out, was it to... Kid Rock. Kid Rock, American Badass, wasn't it? He came out to, yeah. So just, again, so we're using the opening package of Judgment Day 2002, and we're using, like, the snippets of the promotional material behind Undertaker's return in Judgment Day 2000. Yeah, and Undertaker isn't even on the car. <laughs> fucking lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is lazy. Uh, don't know why they'd do that. But then this woman, as I say, she, then she chimes in with, every dream you followed, every deed you've done has brought you to this moment face to face with destiny. Now at that moment, I thought we were getting ready for King of the Ring because all you saw was this woman's voice speaking but you kept seeing a chair spin around. I don't know if you noticed it yeah. in the opening promo video. I was like, so King of the Ring then, is it? What's this telling me about Judgment Day? Oh, and then we get to the Judgment part of it. So, it's quite funny how they did this. I don't know if they, they kind of knew what they were doing here. Um, the woman, so this woman continued, she went, have you had a good life? And it showed a picture of a bloody Triple H. And then he said, are you proud of who you are? And then it showed a shot of Sable and Tori getting it on. It's like, ah, oh, Wilson wouldn't be proud of you, would he? <laughs> and then it said, were you crippled by fear? And it's a shot of Kevin Nash laid on the floor. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they did that on the purpose, but fucking bravo. Yeah, I was annoyed with the opening video package because of it was basically laziness, but fucking bravo. And then she finishes with, are you ready to accept your fate? Judgment day is upon us. God have mercy on their souls. And the opening video ends with somebody fucking hanging. Looks like they hang themselves. So it's like, 
Mm. Wouldn't get that in Judgment Day 2018. No, absolutely not. That, yeah, but that's why Ruthless Aggression here was good. That's why it was good. Because you had edgy and you could get away with so much more stuff. Like, I absolutely hate living in 2018. Yeah. I hate 2017 and 2018 just for what it is. You can't say anything. You can't do anything. You know, everybody's got equal rights <laughs> everywhere. I'm just not, you know... I just... Everyone gets offended by everything. Yeah. People get offended by the fact that people are offended by something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I don't know where I'm allowed to piss in the girls' toilet or the boys' toilet nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> now, did you know that Judgment Day is the last of the B-Show joint productions? Because as of next month, Bad Blood will be a sole, raw, productive production, even. Well... I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> Things are going to get a bit fucking dull, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, if, I, I don't know if I said this before, but Raw, <clears throat> just reciting Raw, looking at it as, as a show itself, they've got the star power. They're just not yeah. using it right. And it's to turn that into a pay-per-view, you don't want it to be like current WWE where you see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the thousandth time or John Cena versus Randy Orton for the millionth time. That's what uh, my worry is for Raw. I think, the, own I think the only to kind of side with Raw a little bit, the only kind of way that I think that... I think Raw, Raw and SmackDown both through it, where if you compare it to 2017, 18 of Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, etc., etc., every week, or when it was Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Jericho and Owens fighting either tag team or singles every week, then you got to the pay-per-view... It's like, well, we've just seen it for the past three, yeah. four weeks. Yeah. Um, what they do kind of have worked, seen they do a lot different in 2003. If you look at Nash and um, Triple H, for example, they've not actually had a match on Raw against each other. That's how it should be. Yeah, they've had interactive they've had promos, they've had that 15-minute brawl that seemed to go on for fucking <laughs> ever. Um, but they've never had actual... You know, there's not been granted they had the six-man backlash, but that was a pay-per-view. On Raw, we've not had a six-man with fucking... Flair and whatever and Triple H and Nash one side so they fought you know, that, that is one thing they do they, they'll and that, they'll that, try that, and keep them away the key word we're looking for here is build exactly build if exactly. you build towards a match then it's going to be interesting you're going to want to root for the, the good guy you're going to want to boo the bad guy when a, when a heel's getting booed that's when he's doing his job right oh, of course for someone like I don't know The Miz well that's always makes me chuckle though when you see um, if you see any comments on either like social media posts or dirt sheet posts of I can't stand them, Miz. The Miz fucking does my head in. Oh, I fucking wish he went on TV. Well, bravo on him because Miz is doing exactly what he's getting paid to do. He's getting paid for you to hate them. It's, people seem to forget about basic kayfabe, basic heel and face dynamics, what a wrestling promotion, a wrestling show, a pay-per-view is built on. A match between the good guy and the bad guy. Why are you? Why are WWE going to want you to cheer the bad guy? That takes away the fucking dynamic of what wrestling is in fucking... Yeah. As a whole. Yeah, and I'm sorry to break it to you guys, but Roman Reigns isn't doing a very good job. Ah, fucking get off his back. He's meant to be, is our age. He, yeah, but he's meant to be a good guy. No, he's meant to be a good guy, he's not getting cheers. He can't be a good guy. There's no way ever Roman Reigns will ever, ever to this day be, ever be a good guy unless he turns heel and we get a massive heel turn to the levels of The Rock in like Survivor Series 98, the Deadly Game Tournament, where he was that face. He'd come off the nation and he turned face because of the back of the nation, because of the fans were, they were singing along with his catchphrases and you could see the fan support. So they turned him face and then you got this massive double turn at Survivor Series because Mankind was the heel coming into the tournament. He was Vince's guy. So then you had the, the double turn and then for uh, maybe two years, you had, no, probably a year and a half, you had The Rock as this ultimate heel where he had the corporation in his pocket. He was the ultimate bad guy. 
But then when he finally turned again, the fans were ready for that turn again. They wanted to see Rock face again. They wanted to sing along with the Rocks, etc. And that's what turned the Rock into the superstar that he is today. He needed that heel turn, and we've not never seen it with Roman. Like the Shield, when they first come onto the scene, they were they were all heels, but no one knew who the Shield was. No one was really invested in the Shield fully as characters. The time that people started investing was the time that people started cheering them when they started going against the Wyatts. Yeah. And that's what Roman's not had that heel turn. Rollins has done the heel stick and it worked. His return, when he was supposed to still be a heel when he returned, but the fans after he did his knee, the fans popped for him. And so they had to turn him to a face. Um, Ambrose, we've not seen it. I'd like to see heel Ambrose. But Roman needs to be a dirty fucking heel working with the McMahons, working with Triple H. Or yeah, and then it, he's going to be getting boots for the right reason, exactly. not for the wrong reason. Exactly. Anyway, back to Judgment Day. <laughs> I want to talk the stage setup. I feel like nobody there is adhering to any health and safety. There's no hard hats, no high visits. <laughs> like, it's just scaffolding. It's practically scaffolding. Yeah, I thought it looked good, though. I'm not saying it doesn't. Uh, it <laughs> looks brilliant aesthetically. Why does it look beautiful? But if that fucker falls, then JR and King are fucked because they're directly underneath it. Yeah, it does look like they forgot to like finish off the job on the yeah, stage. It's like, it, where's the screen? I, I expect, something needs to go, that's just a frame. Like, <laughs> what goes on the frame? I was solely thinking, right, that, well, some fucker could jump off that today then, because that's prime. But then I was thinking, actually, who is there on the card having a match that would get to the point where they could jump off that? The ladders? That's the only one I could think, the ladder match. But then, how would we get to that point? There's no hardcore match on the card, there's no nothing like that, so what a fucking waste of a load of scaffolding. Yeah. What a waste. I, I'd agree. But, it's but still, it did look good. It did look, it did look good. good. So uh, JR and King, they bring us to the... Uh, they open the show and then they send us to Colin Taz. Uh, we sat in a much safer spot at ringside. If that falls, they're just going to watch it. <laughs> and then they throw us to Hugo and Carlos, our Spanish announced team. Then the glass smashes and here comes everyone's favourite co-GM. America's favourite beer drinker, according to JR. Mate, America's favourite beer drinker, I think you find, he lives at 742 Evergreen Terrace. <laughs> Homer Simpson. Right, that's, that's America's favourite beer drinker. I like that, I like that. Uh, Austin says it's good to be in Charlotte and see a lot of hell-raising rednecks. I don't just... Austin is one of them. No matter what he could do, no matter what he says, we'll get a pop. And the loudest pop you will hear all night is the pop at the start. Well, apart from when Ric Flair comes out because it's hometown, baby. But apart from that, Austin's pop at the start is brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Austin, whenever Austin enters a room, it's a megastar entering the room. Uh, the crowd fucking love him so much and I miss him and I just love it I mean the past Raw that we had Raw 25th anniversary when he came out just for that segment with McMahon it was just like oh my god yeah you know he, oh I was marking out like, yeah. I was sat watching it I was literally sat watching it going he's going to give him a stunner he's going to give him a stunner that's all I wanted I just wanted to see I could have, that Raw could have finished then I would have been happy as fuck that just to see Austin give McMahon one more stunner well, that, that, the, and the selling of Shane on the stunner Oh, the point. The, my point is, Austin has not wrestled since two thousand and three, nah. and he's coming in in two thousand eighteen just to do a little segment, and the fans go mental for him. Oh yeah, but I think that's the thing that nobody, nobody was ready for Austin to retire because we had the Austin fuck off and spit his dummy out back in what we covered in the butt end of O two, where he didn't want a fucking uh, job to Brock, so he pissed off, took his ball, came home, and then we got the return through the Bischoff angle of Bischoff's little beer drinking tour looking for Austin. Um, and I think people were ready for Austin's return. And like, all of a sudden we found out that this return is, is, ma- is over in a matter of a match. That yeah. His knees are that fucked that he has his return little stick with Bischoff at No Way Out. Then he has his match with, uh, with The Rock. And that's it. Game yeah, over. he just wanted to ride off into people, sunset. But I don't think people were ready for him to leave yet. No. And that's why I think he still gets the reaction. So Austin comes out 
Uh, as I say, it's good to be in Charlotte. And there he goes, and then the, the what chance. I love the what chance, and this was brilliant. Austin, so he comes out and he says, I ain't here to cut a long-winded promo. What? Believe it or not, I'm not going to make it short and sweet. What? Not going to run my mouth. What? Sit in the middle of the ring. What? Take a bunch of time. What? Because there's a lot. What? A badass matches tonight. I fucking loved it. I love this. I absolutely love it. Uh, Austin says that he's going to sit down and watch the pay-per-view, but he's not going to sit down in the back. What? In a locker. What? In a chair. What? In a bathroom. What? Not in a closet. What? He's going to take his ass right up there to redneck heaven in his own little personal skybox. <laughs> I fucking loved that segment. What, Absolutely loved it. What, what, like, what is a, a redneck heaven? Uh, just the skybox up there. <laughs> <laughs> Where all rednecks want to be. What gets me? And then the king chimes in with Austin sitting in the cheap seats. No, he's sitting above the cheap seats in the really, really fucking expensive seats looking down on the people in the yeah. cheap seats. Yeah, in the skybox. And here he comes, ladies and gentlemen, the co-terminator Jim Brown, and without a doubt, America's favorite beer drinker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, headed to the ring. This is Austin's first pay-per-view as co-terminator. like a good time I see a lot of loud loud hell raising rednecks <laughs> yeah. believe it or not I didn't come out here to cut a real long-winded promo that said about Stone Cold Steve Austin I'm gonna make believe it or not I'm gonna make it real short and sweet I'm not gonna run my mouth sit here in the middle of the ring take a bunch of time because there's a lot of badass matches tonight So as a co-general manager of Raw, I'd like to welcome everybody here to Judgment Day. I'm gonna watch this show just like you. I'm gonna watch this show. I'm gonna sit down, but I'm not just gonna sit down in the back, in a locker, in a chair, in a bathroom, hell in a closet. I'm gonna bring my ass right up there to redneck heaven. I'm gonna sit up there. What? I'm gonna sit out here with you guys in my own personal little skybox, and I'm gonna drink beer, uh -oh. I'm gonna raise hell, uh -oh. I'm gonna watch every single match, and have a damn good time in the process. How you doing, Taz? Hey, throw me a damn beer, I'm thirsty already. Oh no. Let the beer drinking begin. But as all segments go, 
I was fucking brilliant. He looks really absolutely brilliant. He looked really happy with his beer going up the stairs. <laughs> well, he, he turns to Taz and he goes, "How are you doing, Taz?" Like the best mates. Fuck off, Steve. I remember the invasion. You bullied <laughs> Taz. You were an old but a bully. And then he goes, "Let the beer drinking begin." And then he gives Taz a beer and then makes his way up to the skybox with his beer in his hand. Fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And then John Cena's music hits. Yeah, it's just getting better. Better and better. It's, what a pay-per-view. Austin and then Cena to open the pay-per-view. So it's time for our opening contest. It is uh, Cena and the FBI against Benoit, Rhino and Spanky. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This is basic of the diamond. Following contest is a six-man tag team match. Scheduled 4-1 fall. Approaching New England, West Newberry, Massachusetts. Weighing in at 248 pounds. John Cena. By the way, I cannot believe that you wasted a good beer. Drink the thing. Yo, 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 chill. Chill. It's the Stugonomics, but tonight I'm baptized. Now I got family ties with the FBI's. Tonight we handed out a special two for one black eyes. It's like a mafia movie. I have you cheering the bad guys. Cause we really good fellas, making you offers you can't refuse. Have you jumping off the pier in some concrete shoes. We'll beat you down so bad, you can't identify the body. You get baked like Manicotti with a new John Gotti. So don't mess with Nunzio, Palumbo, or Stamboli. You'll be sleeping with the fishes, getting stuffed like ravioli. I changed my name to Corleone like a Godfather flick. Your girl likes Italian sausage, cause she swallowed my... <laughs> Now, as we've seen on SmackDown, the FBI, they've been trying to get at everyone from The Undertaker to Nathan Jones. And after Benoit lost to Cena in the finals of the number one contenders tournament, FBI told Benoit that they had bet money on him. And since he'd lost, he had to pay up. Now, Cena's been having his problems with Spanky as of late, as Spanky tried to diss Cena over his loss to Brock. Now, Rhino, he faced Cena two weeks ago and defeated him due to Spanky's help. Afterwards, Cena got Rhino to run into the steel steps, injuring his leg. And then this past week on SmackDown, Benoit faced Cena once again, and the FBI came in for the DQ until Spanky made the save, setting up tonight's match. Um, Cena, he's gone from main event in the last pay-per-view to opening the card. This is just prime example of WWE's booking of new talent in the two early 2000s. Up and down like a fucking hooker's knickers. I mean, I, I'm more thinking about Spanky. I mean, my attention's drawn towards him. I'm just really surprised he's managed to get himself on the bloody card. Do you know what? Only did not only get himself on the card. A, how fucking fandabidoza was that theme music, and B, them fucking glittery green ties he's got going on. Yeah, man, love it. And you can love you everything can, about him. You can also tell like uh, the star power that certain wrestlers have. So like Cena comes out, gets a little pop. Spanky comes out, no pop. Yeah. Benoit comes out, big pop. Well, if yeah, what well, I, I kind of liked where Spanky came out, stood there. Rano came out, stood there. They were waiting for the star. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what you're saying. Is they're waiting for the star. So then Benoit comes out in the middle, look at each other, bang to the ring. It's, it's great. Oh, 
Rhino! So Rhino set for action in this six-man tag team matchup. I can't get my work in, I'm a little drunk. He had one sip of beer. So it takes full. From Olympia, Washington, weighing in at 181 pounds, Spanky! Spanky and Rhino! And this man, the Rabbit Wolverine! And from Edmonton, Alberta, weighing in at 229 pounds, Chris Benoit! The ever-stoic Chris Benoit! All three men on the hop, they're in the ring! And the FBI and John Cena heading to higher ground as we get set to kick off Judgment Day with some SmackDown action! But before that, Cena comes out and delivers this little gem. Here we go. This is Thugonomics, but tonight I'm baptised, because I've got family ties with the FBI's. That kind of works. Uh, tonight we're handing out a special two-for-one black eyes. It's like a mafia movie. I'll have you cheering the bad guys. I love that. Because we're really good fellas, making you coffee you can't refuse. Have you jumping off the pier in some concrete shoes. <laughs> we'll beat you so bad you can't identify the body. You'll be baked like Manicotti with the new John Gotti. No, I don't know John got <laughs> So don't with Nunzio, Palumbo or Stamboli. You'll be stuck sleeping with the fishes getting stuffed like ravioli. I'll change my name to Corleone like a Godfather flick. Your girl likes Italian because she swallowed my dick. <laughs> as soon as raps go, I like that one because it was also kind of like a promo as well as a rap because he fully explained that he was now with the FBI as his ties is linked up. He's now mafia for the night. I like that. Cena's getting better for me. This this rapper Cena again. It's like a roller coaster though, because one pay per view Cena will piss me off, and I don't like where the direction is going. This time around, I'm not happy with the match, but I like the direction of the character Cena's character within the match. Yeah. Rhino and Spanky they come out separately, and Benoit joins them in the middle, and then they run uh, run down the ramp, and the charges the heels scatter. Um, the heels are laughing as Rhino and Benoit were holding the ropes. Uh, Spanky then runs up. Yeah, Spanky out of nowhere. It's an amazing somersault. Yeah. Onto a, off the shoulder of Benoit and Rhino. It's absolutely brilliant opening. Yeah. Perfect way to start. And it shows that Spanky's got moves. Yeah. Um, big, massive. Like I got, it, it took me by surprise. Like I think Spanky's got the one. Is the one in this match that has got the most to prove. Oh, definitely. Out of all definitely. of them, he's got the most to prove, and he wants. He, he's the one that needs to get over, I suppose. And so he was just flying over his partners. I didn't expect that. No, to he happen. came out of nowhere. That yeah. was a brilliant opening. Oh, look at it. over the top rope. Get out, Cena, Stamboli, and Palumbo, and here we go. What action right out of the box. Oh, that's Spanky, man. He'll take a risk. He's a dead devil. Um, we end up then Cena in the ring with Spanky, and he takes control. Uh, Spanky then hits an enziguri and gives himself a bit of separation, but the FBI come in and hit a double-team side slam. Cole believes that Spanky outwraps Cena, uh, but Taz says, don't lie to the people. Um, I have to kind of agree with yeah. Michael Cole. Spanky outwraps him. He outwraps him. Uh, Stamboli with Booster Spanky as Cena holds him in the corner. Um, you kind of already get the feeling early doors that Spanky's setting up for an early Benoit hot tag. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Rhino off the hot tag. I think it's going to be Benoit. Well, Spanky's, like, while he's taking a beating from Cena, you can hear the crowd cheering for him. Yeah. Oh, there's support there. There is support. I think because everyone likes that little scrappy underdog. I think he's used in the right way. And so far, Spanky's been used in the right way up to this point. Yeah. Uh, Plumbo's in and he hits a straight right onto Spanky and hits some more boots. But Spanky, he puts Spanky in a fucking terrible bear hug and then slams him onto the floor and then decides to pick him back up and put him back in the fucking thing. I fucking hate bear hugs. Uh, Spanky tries to fight out of it um, to make a tag, but Palumbo, he hits a mean clothesline. 
And that is another good thing that I like about people like Spanky in the ring with people like Palumbo. If they can sell correctly, they can make it look fucking devastating. So Spanky finally gets a tag, and he gets the tag to Chris Benoit. Uh, the, the pop Benoit got when he got tagged in. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. No, no. it was... I, I quite like the setup as well to how, he, how they got the tag where you got Spanky with the head scissors, and then he flipped out. Was it Palumbo into Stamboli? And then managed to spring away, get the tag, and then the pop. Well, like we say every time, and that's what we just said. I said at the start, Benoit is built for the Benoit hot tag. Benoit is the superstar in this. Well, and he's, well, as soon as he gets in the ring as well, like just fucking German suplex yeah, here, wild. German suplex there, German suplex it here. It just goes wild. He comes in, he pushes Palumbo, he kicks Cena, which kind of makes Cena lose his balance a little bit, and then Cena gets back up on his feet. <laughs> it's a beautiful snap suplex. Stamboli back in, but then Rhino sends them both over the top rope. Uh, Benoit with a German to Cena, German to Chuck, headbutt time, but here comes Nunzio with a big go from Rhino, a big ass but go this from is, Rhino. Th- at this point, at this point in the match, I'm thinking, hold on a minute, we've only been going for about three minutes, what's going on <laughs> yeah, here? Why quick. is everybody hitting the This finishes? match was quick. Uh, Cena then hits a close on to Benoit, but Spanky then had made the blind tag. It's a drop kick onto the back of Cena uh, from the top. Spanky goes for slash bread number two, but Nunzio catches his feet. Uh, during this time, Benoit has seen her in the crossface, distracting the ref. Uh, FBI hit their kiss of death finisher to get the win in 3 minutes and 58, which for me was just not enough time for an opening contest. And like you just said then, it was like, it felt, everything felt rushed. It was like, why did the end come in all of a sudden? And if you look at it, uh, I believe Stamboli and Rhino didn't actually get tagged in. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, for me it was too quick of a match, but I still, I still enjoyed it. I still, I actually still enjoyed it. No, it was a good, it was a good fast-paced match. It was the the spanky start, the flip at the start was a perfect way to start it. Yeah, I think the ending was pretty cool as well. With the referee distracted by the crossface. And the only thing I noticed though, there wasn't much action from John Cena. No, they didn't do much. Yeah, but there wasn't much action from anybody really. If you look, Benoit only got his moment when he got the hot tag, and you saw a suplex, two Germans, and a flying headbutt, and then a crossface on Cena at the end. No one really, because the match wasn't long enough. It was three night woods. Two seconds short of two, uh, four minutes. There's not much you can do with six guys in four minutes. The sad thing is, though, the, uh, the segment we're going to get up to in a bit with the bikinis, they get longer. They get so much they longer. They get so much longer. But that, does that show you the mentality of Vince McMahon and his writing posse in, yeah. uh, in 2003? Hot women sell tickets. Yeah. Oh, man, here we go. No woman up in the ball pin. Wolverines are going to fly. Oh, Wolverines got wings. Chris Benoit. Yeah. up the top rope. And Nunzio not even in this match. By Rhino. Nunzio just got caught like big dunks. And the bull. And the bull getting all happy, but Benoit nailed it from behind. Here goes Cena. Ooh, tag. Spanky made a tag. Cena doesn't realize it. Watch Spanky. Drop kick from behind in the back of the head. Economics in the house. Come on, Cena. A wild way to kick off Judgment Day. Smackdown style, baby. What a slice print number two. Spanky was going for slice print number two. Uh oh, yeah. Uh oh. Palumbo got Look at the bull. Bull in the top rope. The kiss of death from the FBI. The hook of the leg. And it's over. Nuncio provided the distraction. Rebuts are great. The numbers again. We cut then to Stone Cold Skybox and some hot blonde. She's offering Stone Cold a hot dog with ketchup. He asks if she has any mustard. Yeah, we have mustard. Nah, I don't like it. I'm <laughs> as it is. Why fucking ask then, Steve? Why ask? 
Um, Eric then storms in demanding that it's also his skybox, everything is 50-50. Austin, Austin uh, offers him a hot dog, he won't take it. Austin looks like, well, if you're going to get offended, I'm going to kick your ass. So he takes the hot dog, and then he, he, he goes, do you want a martini? He's like a whiskey. He's well, I've got a beer. <laughs> Brings him a beer in a plastic cup. They do the cheers, and then Bischoff loses his beer across the whole fucking office. But did you notice that in Austin's fucking skybox, he's got loads of Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirts. So like Austin must do in his head that there's going to be a lot of beer spilled tonight, I need to bring back up. Or does Austin only wear his own merchandise? He wears no other t-shirts <laughs> apart from his own merch. Probably his own merch. I would, I'm, if you were Austin, I would. Yeah, just at all times wear your own merch. I love how he called uh, Bischoff a sissy as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of all the words to call him, he calls him a sissy. Yeah. <laughs> I always like Austin's put-downs, they're always kind of a bit child childish sometimes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I would. Ketchup? Yeah, I put ketchup on it. You got any mustard? We have mustard. You want some mustard? No, I eat like that. That's fine. That's fine. We got good playing beer, right? You got anything else? You got hamburgers? There's some hamburgers. Got some eggs and... Uh, Excuse me, but exactly what the hell is going on here? What do you mean, what the hell is going on? What are you doing here? This is my suite. Co-general What are you my doing suite? here? You said it. Co-general manager. That means 50-50. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I didn't invite you here. Everything that we see here is 50-50. So he's had his half yours. I see where you're going. So now you're going to say that half this beer is yours. As a matter of fact, half the beer no. and half the food... Well then, can I uh, make myself a uh, wonderful host and offer you this hot dog? Hot dog? There you go. How about it, kid? Just made hot it myself. Dog? Yeah, I just made it myself. Want to eat up? Yeah, you know what? I don't think so. No, 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 no. You're saying that you don't appreciate my generosity. All right. That was a gesture of good faith. I'm happy. You probably want a martini. You want a martini or something to wash that martini, down? Martini. Scotch some water, maybe. Because the beer thing just isn't working for me. Well, it's gonna have to work because we ain't got no scotch. We got, no we got beer. You want a beer? I'm offering you a beer. beer? I'm offering you a beer. Say yes or no. It's a, it's a real easy question. All right, I'll have a beer. I'm you can bring Erica a beer. Yeah. Yeah, come on down. So well, we're finally going to have this beer together. Yeah. What? You're not All open right. the top? You're not open the top? Do you mind? No, no, open no. Let me open the damn thing for you, sissy. Jesus. There you go. Uh. You drink it out of a can if you'd like. I prefer mine in a glass. Thank you very much. Are you some kind of sissy? No, I'm not a sissy. I just would rather not get tomine poisoning drinking out of a can. You think there's germs on the can? Yeah, there's germs on it. You don't ever know who touched that can. Thank you. Well, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Up next, the amount of steroids on display yeah. in this next match. We have the two Bellends in shit shirts versus Test and Scott, big popper dump style. Big popper dump, they've it. Do you know the thing as well, when, we, when it showed you the uh, the video still, do you know what it brings on the next match? Uh, and just, they, they were all swelled and doing muscle poses. And it's like, God, Grande and uh, Dupree don't half look big. Comp when they look at them next to Steiner, like they look, they don't. I didn't realize how big they actually looked, how jacked they were. But stick them next to images of them, and it's like, whoa, it's like fucking one of the same. Yeah, they're all jacked, they're absolutely all jacked. Tag team matchup coming up momentarily. A team that Stacy Keebler has assembled, Test, her boyfriend, and uh, Scott Steiner against Law Resistance, making their pay per view debut. The Brits team here tonight. 
tous ensemble. Je m'appelle René Dupré. Je m'appelle Sylvain Grenier. And together, we are la résistance. We heard what you said, Scott Steiner. All those Hollywood numbnuts that don't support our troops can go straight to hell. Or France, same difference. Well, the uh, French team of law resistance had an issue with Scott Steiner. They wanted to, they said they wanted to settle it uh, in a peaceable way, but that was not the, the French team's intention, King. Well, no, without a doubt. These two guys have been all over Scott Steiner, and oh, look at that. They did some damage. I never thought I'd see Scott Steiner get manhandled like that. And a couple of weeks ago, another altercation. Scott Steiner wading right into Grenier and Dupree. And then here will come Test in this tag team matchup. And Test and Steiner seem to be, at least for the most part, on the same page during that tag team encounter. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, made Stacy Keebler see something special in the duo of uh, Steiner and Test. So we got here by uh, Steiner's feud back in the uh, way way back when with Nowinski over the Iraq war uh, where Steiner said that if anyone doesn't agree with America they can either go to hell or France <laughs> uh, thus next week bringing out the debut of La Resistance slash two bell ends in shit shares Sylvain Grandier and René Dupree who double teamed Steiner over his anti-French comments uh, meanwhile Steiner and Tess they've not been having uh, the greatest time they've been having their own problems as a team mainly because Steiner wants a piece of the Keebler yeah and test is a little bit jealous. Who wouldn't want a bit of the keeper? Who wouldn't want a bit of the keeper? Now, let's talk La Resistance's entrances. Entrances? Entrance. Now, did you ever used to play Street Fighter? Uh, I did as a kid. Street Fighter 2? Yeah. You remember Vega? I do. How much does that, that gear just, it looks like they've just looked at Street Fighter thought, that'll do, but we'll make it yellow and black. And because they made it yellow and black, that then made me mind think of Brissier Dortmund's arm strip. That's obviously the yellow with the black on the arms. I have Judgment Day 2003 in football strips. I'm interested to see this. So starting off then, starting off, as I said, is with the resistance. We've got freaking Brissier Dortmund. Judgment Day football kit, Stone Cold Steve Austin, it comes out. Black and white t-shirt, can only be Juventus. Cena, light blue, baseball jersey, would you probably call it? Man City, light blue. FBI, all in red. Had to be Man United. Had to be Man United. Rhino, another black and yellow. So he's got black outfit, yellow writing. Oxford United. (laughs) Oxford United. Uh, Spanky, all in green. Had to be Celtic's away kit from a couple of years back. Benoit, the one that you asked for. Dark blue. Cardiff City. Yeah. Cardiff City. Uh, And then we get Scott Steiner. Black, bit of red. AC Milan. Yeah, I like that. Stacey Keebler and Test, all white. Everyone's in white. Tottenham. 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 So I guess uh, if you listen to the podcast now and you're a football fan... You'll get where I'm at. Yeah, you'll get this. If you're not, you won't have a fucking clue. And you'd be rooting for your favourite team now. Team Angle. Team Angle, that's red and blue. All dressed in the American national flag, so it could only be the American national team. (laughs) Eddie, like a red and orange sort of get-up going on. Yeah. Galatasaray. Oh, yeah, yeah, when I think about it. Tajiri. Now, he's like black. A bit of black, a bit of yellow. Athletic Madrid's away from a couple of years ago. <laughs> Val Venus. Purple. Fiorentina. 
Jericho, light blue, wearing his mania pants. Napoli. Oh, yeah. Gold dust. Gold. Gold. There's only one football team that wears gold. Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> Landstorm, all red. Liverpool. RVD. Bit of green, bit of black, bit of mixture. Celtic Awake it from another couple of years ago. <laughs> Celtic's Awake it's helped me out so much in this. Christian. Bit of black, bit of yellow. Celtic's away from a... Uh, Chelsea's away from a few years back. Kane. Red and black. Man City away from a few years ago. <laughs> Booker T. All in white. Leeds United. <laughs> <laughs> Tory. Pink. Real Madrid away. <laughs> Sable. Black. Chelsea away. Roddy Piper. Red and white. Had to be Sheffield United. Oh, uh, Roger Boy then. Mr. America. Red, white and blue. Already used America's national colours. So we had to delve into the deep dark world of football kits. Croatia. Croatia away. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Nash. All black. PSG away. Triple H. All purple. Real Madrid away. <laughs> Tristatis. Sky blue. Coventry City. Jacqueline. Green. Island. Victoria. Pink. Palermo. Jazz. Brown. Brown. 1978 Coventry City away. <laughs> Coventry City. 1978. Brock Lesnar and Big Short both black. I ran out of black. So Brock Lesnar can be ref. Big Short can be both linesmen. There you go. There's judgment name football kits. Bravo. Bravo. I enjoyed that. Uh, Jerry Lawler, he says that Stacey sees good things in the team of Test and Steiner. To which JR says he doesn't see what Stacey sees in Test. Uh, muscles on muscles on muscles. <laughs> he has muscles in places I don't have places. Simple as. Well, I was also trying to, just while you're on the subject of football kits and who Law Resistance reminds you of, I was trying to see who Law Resistance reminded me of, and I was thinking there's somebody that they remind me of. And I remember watching a film as a kid called Mannequin on the Move. Oh, and two French guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, really cheesy film from the 90s. And the two brutes uh, who were in the movie, who want to go to Bermuda really bad, remind me of the bell ends and shit shirts. They were very, very oily and muscly anyway, weren't they? They were very... Yeah, and they've got like... Shit shirts. They've got shit shirts. <laughs> but like they're... Tights Tights uh, Reminded me of Morris dancers Alright yeah With the tassels and yeah, stuff the Yeah Morris yeah, dancers yeah, yeah. With their fucking French berets So I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna keep Picking on him Because <laughs> uh, they annoy me La Resistance They get on the mic Which instantly starts The USA USA chance uh, Stylist team Gets quite the pop As him and Test Head to the ring um, well, <laughs> Grogne Grogne Sit back and Marvel. Yeah, I picked up on it. <laughs> How are we going to take care of these bullies? <laughs> and then commentators go, Marvel. <laughs> Sit back and Marvel. How are we going to take care of those bullies? Marvel. Uh oh. Hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's the same scenario every time. You have an anti-American person against... It could be an anti-American person against Gilberg, and Gilberg will get the biggest pop you've ever heard in yeah. his fucking life. Do you know what I mean? Anti-America 
well, what do you expect? It's like, it's the same as with an anti-British, like with these times when uh, the WB over in England and it'll be a heel that will pick on the town that they're in or whatever, like, I don't know, if they're in Manchester, they'll bring up Liverpool or something like that or whatever, and that'll probably get heat, and it's the same concept, but it's in a character form. Yeah. Um, so the match itself, Dupree and Tess, they start the match, uh, Dupree hits a little slap and does a little jig before Tess returns the favour minus the jig. I wanted Tess to do the jig. I would love that then. Uh, Tess takes over and tags Steiner, who proceeds to chop the shit out of Renee. Who is twatting everyone inside. <laughs> yeah. A couple of clotheslines and a lazy as fuck elbow drop leads us to a couple of push-ups from Steiner. What was with that elbow? It's, it doesn't even like it's having any impact. At least do a bit of force down with the elbow or something. Like He's a lazy ass fucking dumpy piece of shit. <laughs> That's what Scott Steiner is. Uh, Sylvani tries to hit a knee into the back of Steiner, but Scotty no-sells the shit out of it and just whacks Granite off the apron. <laughs> uh, this allows Ren- uh, Renee to drop him off the ropes, landing Steiner on the outside. Uh, Larry Zistans then hit a double-team suplex. Uh, Grognier with a surfboard as Stacy tries to get the crowd going. Uh, Steiner in the corner, he eats a boot and Grognier hits a flying clothesline for two. Uh, Ronnie up to the top, but Steiner catches him into a lovely overhead suplex. That is one thing, and we have brought it up with Steiner. He, he can't do shit, but what he can do is a suplex. Yeah. He can do a suplex. Uh, Test is in, and he gets a full Nelson slam on Grandier, but Dupree breaks up the pin. On fucking fire. Test, Test is on I fire. I love Test! The only thing about this match, uh, I'll, while you're like commentating on it right now, the only thing about this match that annoyed me was it was too much punching and kicking. There wasn't enough wrestling. Well, what you can... Uh, yeah, that is one thing that we didn't see enough of what Renee uh, and Sylvan can do. Yeah. But is that because can they not? Can they do much? I don't know. I know they're hiding it by the fact that they're putting them against a test in the Steiner. Who generally just do it kicks seemed, and punches. It seemed a bit like it was all over the place. It like it, there was punching and kicking, and it didn't know what was going off. And that's from both sides. That in, that's from what I saw. Well, test and Steiner must have heard you because up next was a. Uh, Steiner with a suplex and Test with a pump handle slam. <laughs> but the ref gets distracted by uh, getting Steiner out of the ring. And Test gets in the face, uh, of rest, the ref's face. Uh, Grenier drop kicks Test into Stacey, into the waiting arms of Big Papa Doom. <laughs> He's like waiting. You can see him just sat there waiting. Like, <laughs> he got right. himself right in the position as yeah. well. Uh, Test is pissed, obviously. Steiner backs uh, back in with a suplex attempt, but Test charges up the resistance with a big boot and this crack Steiner clearing the mush. Uh, Test then he gets tossed away and a double spine buster later and the resistance get the win in 6 minutes and 19. Two matches in and we've not even hit 10 minutes, we've just hit over the 10 minute mark. Uh, that, that, completely different matches, uh, but I, the, the first match I enjoyed way more even though it was shorter. This match I didn't enjoy. I, see I enjoyed this, I, I enjoyed the first match, I loved this match because it had my boy in it. So any match we're testing I'm going to enjoy and throwing big popper dump as well. And I was intrigued because obviously this was the debut match of La Resistance House. I couldn't remember uh, what, the, what happened at the pay-per-view years and years and years ago. So I was looking forward to actually sit down and watch and see what, what La Resistance could do. Uh, not much was the yeah. answer I get from it. But I, I'm looking forward to see where it goes. Hopefully La Resistance move away from dumping their test. But, you know, well, dumping test. They need, a, they need a name. They it's need a, a name. Void. If, <laughs> if, you, if you think about it though, like, that's a huge win. For their first match, of course, against somebody course. who was main event in two pay-per-views, pay-per-views ago. ago, definitely, and then somebody who liked the test, who's just like yeah. it's, it's test. He's big. He's a big name at this point. Um, after the match, it seems like Stacy wants a piece of the dump. <laughs> Why? She goes to the dump pile. He's laid in the ring, and she goes over to dump Tess for come here, I'm in charge, <laughs> and pulls her away. Stacy's having none of it. 
Someone needs to ring the authorities because I don't think Stacy wants to move Test anymore. And Test is having none of it, so he drags her away. But oh no, she runs back to the dump. Modified DDT maneuver. Steiner underhooking both arms. Who is the, it? Who is the legal man? And Test aiming for Grandier. I don't think it matters. Almost beheaded Scott Steiner. I think the referee may be as confused as we are right now as to who, what men are legal. I think Steiner's a legal man. I'm not sure who's legal from law resistance, but Steiner's lights have been dimmed by that errant kick of test and oh, a flapjack. The double team maneuver, the flapjack. Grognier's got the cover, and Grognier will resistance, pinning Scott Steiner. Look at Stacy Keebler. She's all over Steiner. It's all right, I think. Uh, she's just concerned, King. She's doing her job. She put this team together. This she's a young marketing guru, and she's just checking on her on one half of her team. And yeah, but uh oh, why? That's a, that's that's unprofessional to me. That's a hey. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She showed that she's got a mind of her own. Stacy Keebler. She's just bowed up. Is she is she making a choice here? What the hell is Tess think he's doing? She wants a piece of the dump. <laughs> Big Papa Dump. <laughs> Big Papa Dump wants to make a dump in the Keebler. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. He's not even that You're going from swelly to sweller. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're real words, but bloat to bloated. Uh, yes, anyway. We go backstage. Uh, Mr. America is met by ace reporter Gregory Helms. Mr. America. Who are you? Gregory Helms. Ace. Reporter for the Daily Globe. Now my sources tell me that you're not who you claim to be. That underneath that star-spangled mask, you're secretly Hulk Hogan. What's up with that? And my sources tell me underneath this Armani-clad suit, there lies a body of a superhero, a dude called the Hurricane. What's up with that, dude? Well, my sources are clearly idiots. So, um, good luck tonight in your match with Roddy Piper, Mr. America. Well, my sources are clearly idiots, too. Good luck with your reporting, brother. Helm says that his sources tell him that uh, Mr. America is really Hulk Hogan. But then Mr. America tells him that his sources tell him that underneath this jacket and this gauze of a reporter is actually a superhero. They agree to disagree. <laughs> so are we going to now see Shane Helms have two characters? Hurricane on Raw and this new ace reporter Gregory Helms on Smackdown? I hope so. I, I sort of liked it. We're getting a proper push for the hurricane. Yeah. Going back to what you said, he, there's his appearance then, so he's on the pay-per-view. Yeah. So it... Double duty for the hurricane. Brother! Sorry, and, I just had to say that. And not just double duty for the hurricane tonight. Someone else played double duty a little bit later on. So then we cut to um, Eddie Guerrero's with Josh announcing that Charvo is injured. Yeah, yes, it's pretty shit. Um the fact that he's got and he's got no partner either. I, I was I was enjoying I was enjoying the Guerrero's as a as a unit and what the mischief they were getting up to. But then Eddie announces he's uh, he's got a replacement. Um it brings in fucking Raw Rumble 2018 with Shinsuke Nakamura, who fucking got I mean Tajiri, yeah. uh, who comes in uh, and then he goes, Show him what I've been teaching you, teaching the family line. So he goes, How we like 
How we see? How we still? <laughs> and then for the rest of Eddie Guerrero saying how they're gonna do it for Chavito and Tajiri's looking this constipated, yet bemused, yet concerned, yet puzzled. Look on his face. He don't quite. Christ, what's going on? <laughs> he, he doesn't know. Does he? And that, that's even more funny, the fact that you've got well, a Japanese guy and a Mexican guy on a team trying to get like the communication with them both. I don't know if they both yeah. speak really good English. I know Eddie Guerrero did, but I don't know about Tajiri. I imagine Tajiri does. It's the same I say about Nakamura. I believe Nakamura speaks better English than what he portrays as the character on TV. I, I just think that's Vince being Vince. Vince sees a foreigner. He's a foreigner. Let's play on it. Vince loves it like Vince when Vince found out Cody Rhodes had a lisp when he found out Jack Swagger had a lisp all oh, the fucking promo 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 <laughs> Vince loves it he fucking loves it he's a sick man deep down inside and I love him for it Eddie according to Team Angle you have two options in regards to tonight's ladder match you can either A take on Team Angle in a handicap match or B forfeit the match altogether <laughs> yeah yeah you know I, I, I was hearing of those options to say and uh, it's very considerate of Team Angle to offer that to me, Holmes. But you know what, I see? They forgot about option number three, I see. And that's my right to go and find a tag team partner, I see. Now, let me tell you something, Josh. It was very hard to find a partner to take Chavito's place. You know, first, because Chavito's familia. But see, I needed to find somebody that was crazy, que estaba loco, así como los guerreros, ese. He had to not be totally right up here, if you know what I mean, ese. But you know what, Holmes? Guess what? I found one here, ese. Orale, vato, vente. Ha, 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 Oh, here. Oh, Let me crown you and say, Orale, vato. Yeah. I say, you feel like familia now, vato. Hey, tell them what I'm teaching you already, I say. The family tradition of Los Guerreros. We lie, we cheat, we steal ese. Orale. Chavito, this one's for you, Holmes. Um, so, after a six-man tag to open, a tag team match afterwards. It is now time for another tag team match. Yeah, but this is the best one. This by is the best far. tag team match by a fucking leaps and bounds. So it's time for the SmackDown tag team titles. It is Team Angle versus Eddie Anchavo, Nakamura Tajiri. In February, uh, Team Angle defeated Los Guerreros for tag titles. Now, even though they faced at Mania in a triple threat, they never got a one-on-one -on -one rematch or a two-on-two -two rematch, however you want to put it, until last one's Backlash, where Team Angle defeated them um, by cheating. But the Guerreros left with the belts. Uh, Team Angle then regained the belts, but lost the medals. And also lost Kurt's frame picture. Kurt's going to be pissed. <laughs> um, sadly, obviously, Chavo, but it's, sorry, it's a torn tricep, not a patella. He's going to be out for six months. Um, the build, I really, really enjoyed the build to this. It was Guerreros, um, like, we, like we talked about in the last episode when we did SmackDowns, um, it was the tag team division on SmackDown is fucked. It's literally fucked. But what you had with Team Angle and the Girls, you actually had two solid tag teams who could not only put on a show together, but put on a story together as well. Yeah. And all it was simply was them nicking belts and then losing their medals, taking back their medals. It was basic stuff, but it, it worked. It was it was a tag team storyline. We've not seen a tag team storyline in fucking ages. I was trying to think of who could have been a better replacement for Chavo Guerrero, and it's a shame really, but if you just think about it, it's in your head. It's like a butterfly effect. I've done a butterfly effect again, guys. Basically, Edge, if he wasn't injured. Yeah. Imagine well, if, Edge was, if Edge wasn't injured, 
I don't think the six man would have happened because I don't think we would have got that way. The six man at Mania? No, the six man here. The FBI scene. Oh, all right, yeah, sorry, yeah. So I think if Edge wouldn't been injured, well, well, it may have happened because it may have still happened because Edge, I still think Rhino's Edge. Yeah. And everything that you've seen Rhino do up to Mania and after Mania, sorry, has been because Edge wasn't there. Like the team uh, with Brock Lesnar against Team Angle and No Way Out, that would have been. Um, edge. Edge. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah. So, so would, would would Rhino? So basically, so, still, so Rhino then. What you're telling Rhino me? Rhino would have been left. What you're telling me is Rhino would is, this, is the Stevie Richards of No Mercy 2000. No Mercy 2000. No Mercy 2000 and Nintendo Fix 64. If nobody ever knows about this, basically what happened was Big Show at this point in his career got sent down to developmental. Uh, into I think it was na- na- late 99, 2000 uh, because he was uh, getting a bit podgy and because he got podgy basically he got punished and they took away his royalty rights and by taking away his royalty rights they took him out of the game and no Mercy ma- no 64 oh, yeah. and put Steven Richards in all the storylines so Royal Rumble 2000 <laughs> you have The Rock uh, or you you would be the rock yeah, eliminating Stevie Richards. Richards and Stevie Richards <laughs> would, you'd be in the main event of Wrestlemania 2000s with Triple H Stephen Richards and Mick Foley yeah and the rock uh, you'd be the rock yeah. mental amazing so the match starts then with Tajiri and Hass in the ring as Eddie and Shelton are in the in the aisleway um, Shelton tosses Eddie into a ladder which is in the aisleway as Tajiri takes over Hass with a spinning wheel kick I do love Tajiri's kicks yeah. it's one thing that I do love watching Tajiri you watch him and it may only be going back to what you said earlier about the with the test and the bellends and shit shirts and Steiners that's kick punch but it depends on his character like Tajiri I could sit and happily watch him kick punch all day long yeah yeah but they just they look really effective yeah and they're so quick oh he's, he's Japanese buster that's yeah. right and like so, I, it's taken me a long time to figure this out, and I don't even know if I'm right when I'm saying this, but you know when they kick each other? Yeah. Do they slap the hand? Back? I, I, I think it's more of a that, if you kind of slap your thigh or something along them lines. Because there is some wrestlers that have got it fucking on point, where they like kick someone, Michael's always, when Michael's at you with switching music, it sounds like he'd slap you across the face. And I suppose that's, that's why they're professionals. Yeah. Team Angle, they then hit a double team gut buster onto Eddie. Um, and then they retrieve another ladder from under the ring as Tajiri attempts uh, a pescado onto Hass, but it goes terribly wrong. Um, it's like he bounce, it goes to bounce off Eddie's back, but it's like he just doesn't get the height and yeah, falls he into the ropes. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of everyone has to catch him as he's going down. Yeah, it just it wasn't the greatest of spots. It's like leg got caught. Yeah, something got caught somewhere. Eddie then flies over the top onto Benjamin, but he missed by a fucking country mile. Ben- Benjamin moved out of the way, but Benjamin didn't really have to move much. Eddie was just fucking aiming for over there. <laughs> Benjamin, you stand there, I'll aim for there, and we won't fucking hit. Cole mentions uh, Eddie's ladder match. He's the, he's the only wrestler in this match that's ever had a ladder match. Um, and they mentioned the match they had with RVD, uh, which was on Raw. It was the, We covered this. Um, it was the one where the fan ran into the ring during the match. Yes. And Eddie had to jump down and fucking kick fuck out of him. Yeah, that was the only time that Eddie's been in the ladder match, according to Michael Cole. Yeah, that's according to Michael Cole. Michael, Michael Cole is wrong. I do believe Eddie Guerrero has had a ladder match, and that was in the WCW against... Uh, one, two, three kick. One, two, three Sold kick. Sold out... Now, was it 98, 97? 97. 97, yeah. It was the NWO-themed pay-per-view. Yeah. But is he still... Right? He's probably still correct there with Cole when he said that Eddie Guerrero is the only one to have had a ladder match. 
Yeah. But why is he? he but, but the only ladder match that he brought up was RVD. Uh, the RVD match. So is that Michael Cole because it didn't happen? Like Vince McMahon's head, if it no, didn't, no, if it didn't happen in, in WWE, did it didn't happen? Fucking full stop. Yeah. Well, thing is though, if you're gonna if you're gonna start splashing facts at people, you might as well splash them. Get the correct facts. Yeah. Well, jump ahead of ourselves for ten seconds. When it gets to the uh, IC Battle Royal, I did quite like how JR went through everybody beat. To, to win the Incontinental titles. Yeah. Because like, at least it's... They mentioned Ken Shamrock. Yeah, someone did their research. What I did notice as well, it seemed to take Team Angle every single time they set up a ladder together, a fucking month of Sundays to set him up. And it, Taz does mention during the commentary how that uh, Charlie Haas, he doesn't look comfortable with a ladder in his hands. And he kind of covered it up by saying, well, he's a pure athlete, he's a, he's a wrestler, he's not... A, which is, it's correct. I'm going to pause you there. Our very first episode, Vengeance when it was Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit in a tables match against the Dudley boys. You said that they didn't look comfortable with tables in their hands. It's the same here. Fast forward a year and a bit. Yeah. Now we've got it's, Eddie it's Guerrero. It's Taz, Taz, I've got you back. Yeah. If you can't open a table or set up a ladder, don't worry, I'll tell him. It's because he's a wrestler, he's not a brawler, he's a wrestler. Eddie Guerrero can open up a ladder, but he can't do a fucking table. <laughs> Charlie Haas just can't do a ladder. Charlie yeah, just can't do a ladder for the save his fucking life. Uh, Tajiri with a handspring elbow onto the ladder, which was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that was got both of them. Uh, we get a double baseball slide uh, onto Hass's bollocks, um, <laughs> and he sells like it was death. And I don't think he had to sell. How did you, unless he's wearing some solid steel cup? That's going. To, it's fuck. That's gonna hurt. It's, you're gonna feel something. I don't know. I think maybe he's got his his bollocks and his knob, and he's tucked it between his legs. Maybe. So maybe it's just like his. Abdomen. Yeah, but you're still gonna. That's what. But you're still gonna feel some impact. Oh yeah, of course you it's are. It's still gonna fucking hurt. Um, Eddie, uh, with a somersault onto Haas, who was sandwiched between two ladders, yeah. uh, that must have hurt both of them. Yeah. It was a brilliant spot, but it must have hurt, hurt both of them. Eddie looked like he'd come off worse off. That is one move in a lot of wrestling games I've played with Eddie Guerrero that is replicated very well throughout the games yeah. and in real life. Um, to Jerry, he's uh, pulled from the ladder and it smashes in into his face. Jerry uh, just takes some hammer in this match, to be fair. Um, Eddie with a dropkick onto Shelton to knock him off the ladder. Uh, Benjamin then with a lovely T-bone onto Eddie onto a ladder set up in the corner. That looked amazing. Amazing suplex. And, and the wet, but the thing is, I think it was Taz that incorrect. He said, "Oh, it looked like a suplex." It, that was a T-bone. It was a T-bone. That was a T. Goes on to be Benjamin's finisher in, yeah. uh, in a few uh, few. I want to say matter of months, but I think it's a year or so. Yeah, isn't it? until they get we get the uh, gold standard singles career. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years. Um, Double team finished by Tajiri onto the ladder. So you've got the uh, the normal team angle set up. Haas holds him. Sheldon Benjamin jumps over. But this time, he's holding someone that's on a ladder. So when Benjamin jumps over, they all land. And it just looked, again, like everyone fucking hurt. Yeah. That's gonna, Benjamin is splitting his legs quite far to fit over Tajiri and the ladder to land with his feet on the floor. I want, the groin must have <laughs> took some hammer there. Are we going to give this, this finisher a name? The world's greatest finisher. Yes. There you go. Team finish. The world's greatest finish. The right angle. The world. Well, Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> there we go. There's right, the that's the next competition for next time then. Name a finish. Name the finish. Because it does get a name, doesn't it, eventually? Is it the world's... When they are the world's greatest tag teams and not the world's greatest finisher. Is someone along them lines? Yeah. But I don't know. Has it ever had an actual name? I don't recall it having a name. We're probably wrong. What do you fucking call it, though? What would you call it? You can't... There's no, like... Yeah, the right angle. That's my, that's my fucking goal. Right. <laughs> Haas, he sets up a ladder um, and he should win. Right? There's nobody about, but he t- he's the normal, 
usual. My energy's fucking seeping out of me when I'm climbing up the ladder. Um, Eddie sets up a ladder in a corner, but Shelton reverses and drives Eddie into the ladder. Tajiri then takes everyone out, but he's too fucked to take over. Suddenly we get a burst of energy, and it's fucking kicks all around for Team Angle. Uh, the sound of the kick to Charlie Haas, going back to what you said earlier. He slapped his leg fucking beautifully on that kick. When you get to this point in the matchup, when both teams oh. absorbed a tremendous amount of punishment, what can the strategy be? Well, you try and survive, Cole. You just try and survive and get your second win. Duck, watch out! Oh, God. The quick feet of the Japanese. Oh, oh, man. Off the temple of Shelton Benjamin. I've been nailed with those kicks. It ain't fun, man. Trust me. Charlie House, he, he tries to take over, but Tajiri hits the tarantula. Uh, but then Shelton, he breaks it up with a ladder shot to the face. Oh, man. Tarantula time, Cole! Tajiri locks in the tarantula to Charlie Hunt. How long? I mean, maybe, maybe Tajiri can keep this all over to the five count. Oh, look at Shelton. Oh, my God. of Tajiri. It's like, Tajiri, he can't even protect himself because he's got his arms tied up in the tarantula as well. Oh, he took it clean to the face. Oof. He's going to feel that fucker in the morning. Uh, team Angle, they begin to work on Eddie, and, and they seem to have a moment where Haas wants to do a spot with the ladder, but Shelton doesn't. And this is where Taz mentions that Haas doesn't look too comfortable with the ladder. I think, again, that was just a spot that they had planned and somebody forgot about it or somebody rushed ahead of time. Um, Eddie then monkey flips Shelton into Haas, who's holding the ladder, and all of them fucking pile on him and fucking met, which, again, was a brilliant spot. That has been some amazing spots. I think the worst spot, the one that looked like it hurt the most in this match, is the one where Haas is, ch is climbing the ladder and then he gets knocked off the ladder and he gets outside, outside of the ring. Oh, yeah. That's a long fucking That's way down. That's a long way down. Um, Eddie, he super shouting to the outside and he works over Haas um, and then obviously dumps him out. Uh, he goes for the titles, but Team Angle are back in the ring. Um, Eddie keeps fighting them off and eventually hits a frog splash from a ladder onto Shelton. The fucking logic there was stupid. They were both off there. You were two rooms away from fucking grabbing the titles. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to do a frog splash. Um, and the uh, crowd here, yeah, the crowd are proper. They're into it. They are into this, yeah. Um, Eddie and Shelton, then, they begin to then climb, and out of nowhere, Tajiri appears, and in a fucking brilliant spot, he goes through Eddie, through the rungs, onto Shelton, green mist, allowing Eddie to grab the titles in 14 minutes and 18 seconds. As ladder matches go, that weren't too shabby, and we now have new tag champions. Tajiri! Shelton doesn't see Tajiri! Shelton doesn't see the mist! The green mist! Benjamin completely legal in the matchup. Eddie is on the top of the ladder. Eddie's helping to Jerry up there. Both men, both athletes. Oh my God, Cole, we're gonna have it. New champs, new champs. Eddie Guerrero has got the title. Eddie Guerrero and to Jerry have done the What a way to swerve the audience, Vince. I was once Chavo was taken away, I wasn't expecting Eddie and Shinsuke to win the fucking tag titles. No, I think that uh, out of all the matches so far, that has been the best match on the card. Yeah. And I, and I also believe that it was better than what I would have expected it to have been. 
Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I was, you kind of, I know we said going into it on the last episode, we were saying how it should be one of the better matches because you've got the athleticism. Obviously at that point, we were, well, we kind of were aware, but up to the last episode that Tajiri, that Chavo was gone, but it was like the first and second episode of SmackDown, we're talking about how it's going to be good, throwing the Guerreros and the athleticism of Hassan Benjamin. And you got exactly all that. And you got the mix of Tajiri as well, which adds that extra dynamic, especially at the finish with his green mist. I think it's brilliant, brilliant match. Absolutely brilliant match. Um, we then go back to the skybox with Austin and Bischoff. Uh, they're discussing Eddie, um, and Austin shows Bischoff how to chug a beer. <laughs> He's like, I don't like how you're sipping it, son. Chug this away. I can see where this is going. Eddie Bischoff's going to get drunk. Yeah. He's going to get very, very drunk. He uh, gives him a hamburger and a beer, and Bischoff at the moment is already quite smashed. Yeah. And Austin is still pissed off. He's not. He's still drinking like a sissy. It's like a sissy. <laughs> he needs to man up and start downing his beer. Agree with me. I think we should have these guys. I believe Eddie Guerrero is one of the greatest talents on the face of the earth. And if you're going to be the 50-50 co-GM, why don't you give him a call? He won't return mine. Yeah, I'll give him a damn call. You should, you should be doing your end. It's 50-50, right? I'm trying. That was amazing. That was a badass match. That was a badass match. Hamburger. You know what they put in that? It's a hamburger. Oh, my God. How much more do I have to eat? How come you don't have a beer? Another beer? Another beer. Damn. You know what side effect of some of this beer is after you drink enough of them, things start to feel a little funny. Go ahead and do it. I'm getting there. Real quick. Well, go ahead and drink the beer. You can get the hamburger later. Drink the beer. What, what, was, what was that? I'm drinking a beer. No, that. Do it one more time. Hold on. Excuse me for just a second, I'd like to make an announcement. First of all, I'd like to take my hat off to one hell of a match. That was badass. Second of all, if I may direct my attention to one, no, 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 Eric Bischoff. He seems to be having a, a problem here. Would you please drink the beer? So just watch this, just watch. Drink the beer. Oh, did you see that? Drink the beer one more time. I'm gonna give you one more chance. I'm trying very hard to maintain my composure. I'm gonna show you how to drink a damn beer. It, don't, it goes like this. If you think Eric Bischoff drinks beer like a sissy, give me a hell yeah. I will say this, if you don't start drinking, I will launch your sorry ass right out this guy box. Jericho backstage talking about the IC Battle Royal and uh, Roddy Piper interrupts. They have a little funny uh, bit of back and forth discussing what they're going to do tonight and then they start to like maybe agree with each other. Like, no, we don't forget. Um, and Terry Runnell's tits look phenomenal. They do. Terry Runnell's always had a cracking set. A cracking set. Chris Jericho, you are in a pool of very talented wrestlers tonight. What do you think your chances of walking away the Intercontinental Champion are? What are my chances? What are my chances, sissy? 
I am the highlight of the night. My chances are excellent that I'm going to walk out of the Battle Royal as once again the new Intercontinental Champion. Really? Really? Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, sir. Uh, 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 Excuse me, sir. I think you took a wrong turn. The senior citizen's home is down the street, Grandpa. Thank you. I'm old. I'm not deaf. Listen, to have a highlight reel, don't you have to do something? Hmm? Something big? But I got to admit to you, you know, you've done a great job, a great job of taking the best show in wrestling history, Piper's Pit, and ripping it off and driving it right into the ground. Ah, you deserve a yeah, pat yeah, for that. Don't touch me. Want to talk about ripping off? How about the leg that you ripped off that kid last week on SmackDown? Oh, that was tough. If you want, there's some lepers and a few midgets in the back. If you want to take them on, Mr. Tough Guy. What did you do with that kid's leg anyways, the real leg? The leg did was Did you a... eat it? Huh? Roddy? No, you're touching it. The <laughs> leg was an accident, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, kind of like when Mr. Jericho talked to Mrs. Jericho about the night before when they did not wear the condom. One wanted a boy, one wanted a girl, and they got you. So special. (laughs) You want to know what's special? Yeah. It's going to be special tonight when I take eight other ass clowns and throw them over the top rope and once again become the Intercontinental Champion. I'm going to be smiling from ear to ear. It's going to be so special, Roddy. Now you're talking, you see, because I'm going to go take Mr. America, rip his face off, and show them Hulk Hogan in all his baldness. We have something in... Now we don't. Jericho, he finishes the segment by asking Roddy what he did with Zach Gowan's real leg. Did he eat it? <laughs> and then they, they go on to and say they have a little bit of back and forth and they kind of agree to disagree. And then um, I, I imagine you watched this on the network. Yes. I watched this on DVD as always. Did you get the commercial for WWE Diva Desert Heat? No. It looks fucking outstanding. <laughs> outstanding. It's a DVD of women in their bikinis, divas in their bikinis on beaches. Having photos taken. The good, the bad, the beautiful. Wanted sexy sizzling divas. Hit the range with some real rough riders. I ain't playing, baby. I'm packing. Go, Terry, go! Watch Ivory whip it good. See that? Oh, I gotcha! Be on the lookout as these naughty girls give a new meaning to desert heat. WWE Divas 2003 Desert Heat. Available now wherever videos are sold. And like an hour of that. <laughs> me and Mike are reviewing the shit out of that, I tell you now. It looks fucking amazing. Um, and then we get a video package for the Battle Royal to bring back the Intercontinental title. That video package bring back any memories? Yeah, it is. Of a certain video package that we saw at No Mercy. In 1979, the, at the time, WWF inaugurated the Intercontinental Championship. Pat Patterson was the first champion king, and that title has been dormant here on Raw since October of last year, but not any longer. Not any longer is right, because thanks to our illustrious beer-drinking co-general manager, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, tonight we are going to have, once again, an Intercontinental Champion here in the WWE. 51 wrestlers have held the championship since 1979. Let's go back and take a look at the incredible history of the Intercontinental Championship. 
Hamilton is hurt and hurt badly. Because I've not been the Intercontinental Champion, is I'm going to forfeit the damn title to you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the new Intercontinental Champion. Oh, Austin, still coming! Oh, I'll see you in a little bit later. Oh, my. No! The exact fucking same, and I mean, not like at the opening video package where they took out storylines from last year and replaced them with this year. I mean, the exact fucking same video package about the history of the IC title. Lazy ass bastards! Yeah, that's cutting costs. That's lazy. It was a great, don't get me wrong, the pro, it was a brilliant, like I said back in No Mercy, it was a fucking amazing uh, video package and it really did symbolise how important at one time the IC title was to the WWE. I don't think it is anymore. Well, it certainly wasn't when they decided to get rid of it off TV. Um, but to see the same video package twice... Yeah, but it's just a, it's just a reminder of how good the Intercontinental Championship yeah, but once was. Put together a new video package. Put together... I'm sorry if people are going to fucking pick up on it. Put together something new. Um, so, the uh, as, as we've discussed on numerous episodes, back in October, uh, WWE had a fucking stupid idea to take away the Intercontinental title. Uh, back then, their roster was full of mid-carders. The tag team division was full of tag teams or mid-carders pretending to be tag teams, <laughs> un-Americans. Um, but they had a fucking massive roster. Now jump over to the blue brand. Their roster wasn't that big. You kind of had main players who weren't involved in the WWE title picture were involved. They didn't need a, a second title. Obviously, we're going to get it in a few months' time with the debut of the US, US title. But they didn't need that second mid-card belt. They had the Cruiserweight title to fill up the show with Cruiserweight action. You had the tag belts. But Raw needed that mid-card title. Yeah. So they made a fucking stupid idea to get rid of it. But thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin, it is back. And only ex-champions can take part in this. Apart from the fact that Teddy Long said, you need a black guy in there. So Austin went, yes, Booker teasing. <laughs> and that I'm fucking so fucking happy that the IC title's back. Yeah. So happy. Well, yeah, let's discuss the Intercontinental Championship just for, just for a, a brief moment. The Intercontinental title used to be... Big the shit. You yeah. Know, it used to be the shit. It used to be you had to be an intercontinental champion yeah. before you were the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. That was like It was the stepping stone. Yeah. It was the stepping stone. Randy Savage like probably the only the only Bret one Hart, the major Randy players Savage, from back in the day. Hogan. Probably only well Hogan no Hogan never had IC belt. No? No 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 no. Oh he was just no, straight big. to world title. Straight they needed an a big man, didn't they? But I was just gonna say, take away Hogan out of all the guys back in the day. An IC title was the was the run. Like even guys like Perfect and Piper, who were 
fucking ridiculously big in the 80s. Uh, not big enough in WWE's eyes um, as Warrior or Hogan was to be given the world title, but they were the next, the mid-card, they were the top of the mid-card. Randy Savage, another one. Do you know what I mean? Ultimate Warrior. So many of these big, big names then go a bit later down the line. You've got your Bret Hart's, your Shawn Michaels's, your Steve Austin's, your Rocks, your Triple H's. Everyone who was everybody, really. Again, probably The Undertaker's another one that's never had it. Yeah. But Kane had it. Everyone who was everyone who was on the clear path towards main event level made a stop at Intercontinental Championship C. Fast forward to 2018. Uh, we've got an Intercontinental Championship. That the Miz keeps getting, losing, getting back, losing, getting back. That's not how it should be. It shouldn't. I do. I'm a much preferred fan. I am a fan of long, longevity championship reigns. We were just talking about the Intercontinental Championship being a stepping stone for the World Heavyweight Championship. Does that that should surely mean at some point, whether it be this year? They've or missed the year, boat with the Miz, and I've said this. I hope it comes back around. When Miz was having his mania stuff with Cena, when he was doing the shit from Cena's mansion, when he was pretending to be fucking him and Bella, or then was the time to give the belt to Miz. Then was the time. I thought that was Miz's peak of his heel character. That's the best he's ever been. That was the time then. Um, granted, he's gone off TV to film and he's going to be going back again when his missus gives birth, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so I, I want I want Miz to hit them levels again. Uh, Miz to hit them levels. But I think there isn't anyone... Um, this is Miz's biggest problem. Miz is now too good. Uh, and this is the thing. This is a lot of people are fucking like, what? But Miz is too good. There isn't people that can fucking battle with Miz on the mic anymore. Miz and Cena were brilliant on the mic, but Miz and fucking Roman Reigns on the mic? No. It, even Miz and Dean Ambrose or something. And Miz fucking is one of the, probably the best talker in the WWE today. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the sooner Brock Lesnar is out of a contract and not in WWE, the better. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because we're going to have a WWE champion on Raw every week. And it's going to be Roman Reigns. And then we're going to have the Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, could that would then be within a shot, shout yeah. of having a go, because you couldn't see him going against Brock Lesnar. No. You couldn't no. see it happening, but... They've not big Miz up. They don't ever big Miz up as a wrestler more, do you know, enough. More of a superstar. Yeah, but when you watch, Miz can go, and Miz has improved so much over the last, like, 10 years or whatever. Miz is so good. So, anyway, let's get back then to Judgment Day's Intercontinental title picture. So, the card itself uh, for the Battle Royal... Fucking hello, ladies! <laughs> yeah, I popped a little Wowzers, bit. Wowzers, Chief Sean Venus Morley's back! I marked. Right, hello, ladies! I'm like, yes! But then, straight away, my brain was like, oh no, what's Vince gonna do with this Val Venus character now? Yeah. Do you know I mean? Because it's not the actual here anymore. We seem to have gone a bit darker on certain storylines. He's gonna have Venus. I don't know, I'd film in fucking some porno with Katie Vick or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this scares me, this scares me. But Val Venus is back and also Chris Jericho, Lance Storm, Christian, Goldust, Booker T, Kane, RVD and doing double duty. Your boy, Test. my boy, everyone's boy, Roydy boy himself, big Andrew Tess Martin. Double duty. Who was your pick for this going in? Jericho. Mine was Bjorko as well. Jericho, I think if you look at the, the talent in there, Jericho or possibly Kane, maybe, but yeah, I, I think my money would have been on Jericho. Certainly not the fucking way it ended. No. Um, so the eliminations, uh, Lance Storm, he got eliminated by Kane. Uh, Kane then got eliminated by everybody, but RVD. Uh, Kane then came back into Clear House, Test eliminated by Booker T. Uh, Venus eliminated by Goldust. RVD eliminated by Jericho. Goldust eliminated by Booker T. Jericho eliminated by Christian. 
Which, oh, are we going to see dissension in the ranks? I hope so. I do, I do. Um, then the ref eats a dropkick from Christian, which sets up the finish. Uh, Christian then gets eliminated by Booker T. Booker T's music starts playing. No one even called for the bell. Music instantly starts playing. Um, Pat Patterson's about to come and present the belt to Booker T. Uh, Christian nails Pat Patterson. Nails Booker with the belt. Dumps Booker over the top. The referee sees him. The ref then calls for the bell, which then starts Christian's music. So where the fuck, do, where did Booker's music come from? Um, and Christian is your new IC champion. And, and God six, this next year we, we shout out to him. Oh, look out! Oh, look out! Oh, oh the drop kick! Man! Booker T avoided that drop kick, but referee Chad Patton did not. The referee is down. Man, what a shot that was. And downstairs goes Booker T. Oh, look out. Oh, Booker hey, T looking for the super kick. And, oh! It's Christian out. Like, Perry, I know that Christian went all the way. The, one like leg. Yeah, this one leg. One leg. Referee's not there to tell us. Oh. I think it was only one leg. And, and then. Oh! And, and that's it! That's it! Booker T! Changed up, but I'm still getting that shit. Oh, right, okay. Oh, I'm still getting bucket dicker, bucket wah, I'm still getting all that fucking shite. The uh, generic Booker The generic Booker T theme. Oh, is the network mixed it up now? Have you got that normal Booker T music? Again? I didn't pick up on that. Oh, yeah, I've still got shite. I've still got weird Booker T shite music. Um, so, yeah, so Christian, new IC champion. Happy or unhappy? Battle Royal as a whole? I'm happy because it took me by surprise because I thought Jericho was the. You know what I mean? Because it's going back to 2003 and I can't remember this match. And there, Jericho not winning was a sh shock to me. Because they were building towards him. It looked like he was going to win. But mm. then when Christian was just like, holy shit, like they've put the belt on somebody who you'd never imagine they'd put the belt on. So there's a swerve ball. No, I imagine though, um, I imagine that this is going forward. It's, it maybe opens it up a little bit more though because you're now going to have the um, tension between Jericho and Christian. 
but also he's Booker T going to want some in there. Now, according to Dave Meltzer at the Wrestling New Observer, um, Dave Meltzer says that the reason Booker T was put in this match is because they want to give him a main, main event program, but not going for Triple H. So hence why they've brought, that's one of the main reasons they have brought the IC title back. So I imagine, shortly down the line, Booker T possibly may get an IC run. If they want to put Booker as the big star, so he's the leader of the mid-card, Booker T, and then the next step up is your Goldbergs, your Nashes, your, uh, your Triple H's. It's an interesting fact that, I didn't know that. And Goldberg, speaking of Goldberg... Where the fuck is Goldberg? Well, Goldberg, my boy. Goldberg has been taken off the card because, again, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling News Observer, they are holding Goldberg off TV because at next month's Bad Blood, they want to have a Goldberg-Jericho programme, so they didn't want to find a way of inserting Goldberg into any of the week's TV from Backlash to interfere with the main event. Logical thinking. The, the unlogical part is, you fucking hide this cunt for the last month and a half. Yeah. Where is it? At least have him backstage, show him, show him on camera, just, where's fucking Goldberg? Yeah, I'd let him, like, just come down to the ring and cut a promo. Or oh, spear some cunt, just come out, spear some cunt, fuck off again. Yeah, he could have just speared Stephen Richards. Just anything. Uh, so we go backstage then, uh, to Sable, rubbing herself next to Tori. Um, practically showing everybody what she's got for lunch. Yeah. Yeah, she, you can see there is that camera angle is there for a reason. You are, whoa, bet Michael went. Well, th that is one reason not explaining his absence. That is one reason Michael is not recording this with us because he's still stuck in the infinite loop of watching what is about to come <laughs> next. Um, we get a uh, tale of the tape for Sable against Tory, but he's missing the cup size. Ah, yeah. It didn't show cup size. Tory's definitely got bigger breasts. Tory. Yeah. Tory, would you say they're both paid for? I don't think Tory's are. I know Sable's Sable's are definitely yeah. paid for. I remember when Sable were wrestling back then. They've got bigger and bigger <laughs> as the time's gone on. Check out the tail of the tape, ladies and gentlemen, for the Sable Tory Bikini Challenge. Like I said on SmackDown this past Thursday, I would have loved to, loved to be the tape measure to wrap myself around this deal here. I mean, look at the tail, look at this, look at the measurements here, 36, 36, 25, 24. Well, pretty even. Anyway, it's been a bizarre relationship between Sable and Tory ever since Sable's return to the WWE. There are a lot of people that don't feel there is enough room in SmackDown for two divas such as ourselves. But I personally just wanted to let you know that I think we're going to be the best of friends. What is going on with Sable? Well, was it something that I said? my challenge. It seems Tori's feeling a little fat. Oh, oh, what's up with this? Tori is here. She accepted the invitation, I guess. You can't have a bikini challenge without this Playboy cover girl. Oh, man. Red sequence bikini. I love lollipops. There's nothing to even say right now. Wilson from behind. It looks like the only real loser tonight is you. Now I know the fans think you should have won, and I am a fair woman. So 
Why don't you see how you match up against me, Sable versus Tori in a bikini contest? Me, Playboy Centerfold against a Playboy Centerfold. Sable and Tori in a bikini contest? I can't wait! Tori's new entrance theme music. Give over his fucking quality. Lillian Garcia singing away. And it's one thing, I don't know why it's always stuck in my mind, but it's one thing I always remember from this pay-per-view is Lillian Garcia coming out and her and Tori Wilson trying to be all sexy behind the fucking silhouette and singing the theme music. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. Absolutely not, love it. Not a fan of, uh, I'm not a fan of Gillian Garcia's Gillian Garcia. Not a fan Lil of the singing. Lillian Garcia. Lillian Garcia's singing. G Gillian Garcia's singing. Fucking girl with a medal on her face. I think but she, looks, she looks hot as oh, well. Oh yeah, I've searched internet loads to find pictures of Lillian Garcia naked. There's so, none. So this segment, Sable and Tori practically get their fannies out. They send Taz into a meltdown. The end. It's basically all I kind of got from that. And Jerry the King Lawler is a sitting erection. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's wanking himself into a coma. <laughs> That's all I got from that. It was... There was a lot of hype, but not very much. Well, basically what happened was, in a nutshell, Sable comes out, gets a kit off, gets a big crowd go mental for it. Tori gets a kit off, she doesn't get a bigger, as big a pop. No. And then, Tor and then she Taz goes, okay, crowd, who do you think are better? Sable gets the bigger cheer, and then Tori's like, wait a minute, I've got more. I've got underwear on underwear. So she's degrading herself even more. <laughs> Gets down to basically. I was waiting for booze, man. Then she gets nipple out. <laughs> Fucking fatty comes out. <laughs> Cheer for me! <laughs> I fire. She starts firing ping pong into audience. <laughs> Won't you cheer for me? Sybil's just stood there going, everybody wants to be me. And then Sybil's here, she's fucking, she's got Vuvu's ear sticking out, playing for tunes. Crowd will not cheer. Oh no. She takes off fucking one brow to reveal another. Taz is in overdrive. Jerry's in a coma. Yeah. I'd have liked to have seen like a sticky Vicky. That's what uh, we start firing ping poles from each other. Pulling razor blades out of the fat. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been awesome. That'd have been awesome. That needs rebooking. <laughs> uh, if someone could find Jerry Lawler's eyeballs, I think they fell out <laughs> under the table there. You're all right, King, you'll survive. All right, well, so what do you think? We're going to try and find out who the winner is here. Charlotte, what do you think of Sable? Okay, Charlotte, hold up, hold up. Tori Wilson! Well, well, I think that might be a little bit of a tie, like a dead heat. Yeah, it was close. Let's try this one more time. Sable! Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, Taz. I wasn't quite finished yet. What? Uh, that's fine. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Not quite finished yet. Oh my. There's more. Tori is uh, it's just up the bar. I should say there's less. Way less. I guess, Kate, you're giving it a thumbs up. <laughs> oh my. Somebody better get the oxygen out for the cake. Well, uh, I think it's unanimous. Your winner, Tori Wilson! Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we cut into the skybox 
Uh, <laughs> Austin offers Bischoff another drink. I don't want another drink. Uh, have some more food then soak it up. I don't want to eat anymore. We'll drink more. I don't want to we'll eat more. Um, so he goes, well, eat these these pickles. They'll soak up the alcohol. Fucking jalapenos. So over there, Bischoff rams these jalapenos and starts munching down. Mouth's on fire. Austin goes, here, drink this. And it's the fucking jalapeno juice. And I wondered, I looked at it and I... That's got to have been the jalapeno juice. So Bishop has then took a big ass drink. <laughs> Fucking hell, these segments. I just want three hours of Skybox. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see the slow decline of Eric Bishop over the night. Yeah, he's um, the comedy gold. Comedy gold. And to think that these pe- these two guys genuinely, well, one guy definitely hated the other back in 1996, 97. Uh, and to think as well that when um, when we did the John to Judgment Day Part One with the Raws, I was a bit sceptical over how this Austin's going to play out. So far, so good, and it's getting better. Yeah, it's getting absolutely better. It's brilliant. You know what? You know what? No, 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 before you start, I, I don't smoke, but right now I could probably use a cigarette. I don't have a cigarette, but I got a condom in my wallet. <laughs> you alright? Oh. You feel okay? Um, you need enough food? Oh, here you get some pizza. How do you feel? Are you dizzy? I got something for you. Okay. See, see the pizza and the hamburger and the hot dogs, all that stuff? I'm it'll not feeling so good, ma'am. I know that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you eat more food, it'll help you absorb the alcohol. I can't eat any more food. Then drink more. I can't drink anymore. Then eat more. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, I got, I got the solution. You want something to absorb the alcohol to make you feel better, right? Yeah, I'm sick to my stomach and I'm just not feeling good. Yeah. Let's try a couple of these guys. Pickles. I love pickles. Eat pickles. Here's more. Ah! <laughs> You're good, ain't they? Ah! He's on a drink! What's wrong? Oh, my mouth is burning up! Then drink this. Oh! <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, my... <laughs> drink this. Oh, oh. oh, you're killing me! Here, let me help you. <laughs> feel better? Oh, you... Oh! We go backstage to Vince, he's geeing up Piper for his match with Mr. America and this leads us to a video package for our next match. It is a step back in time to the 80s. Here we go again as Piper versus Hulk Hogan. A doggone what Jericho says. He's got a frozen brain from Winnipeg Roddy. and I don't... Roddy, what? Don't worry about Jericho. He didn't win the Battle Royal tonight. He's not the Intercontinental Champion, not a champion like you. And you have more to concentrate on tonight. Yeah. Gentlemen, Hot Rod, pleasure to see you. Big man. I, you ready? Do you know what this means? Do you have any idea what tonight means to me? And do you have any idea how proud I am to have chosen you? Because you truly have been the chosen one, Hot Rod, for many, many years. You see, it's Hogan who took credit for putting the WWE on the map. But without Rowdy Roddy Piper, there never would have been a 
Hulk Hogan. You want to talk ruthless aggression? You're the epitome of ruthless aggression, Hot Rod. You invented ruthless aggression. And so tonight, you're going to do for me what I know you can. You're going to set Hogan up. You're going to beat Hogan down. And then Mr. McMahon is going to come in and then reveal that this Mr. USA, this Mr. America, is really Hulk Hogan before the whole world. And I'm counting on you, Hot Rod. I know you can do this because it takes a black-hearted, cold, calculating bastard to do this for me. And I'm thanking you in advance. Well, Mr. McMahon, very confident in Roddy Piper. More on that in a moment. But I got to say, I am so glad that we have general manager Stephanie McMahon on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. You got these dueling general managers, Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff you know, for Raw. What do you think Stone Cold uh, gave uh, Bischoff? Maybe like jalapeno juice or oh, something. I don't know if it was, what was hot of that stuff that Bischoff drank or the bikini challenge. Whoa. Well, nonetheless, back to business. Let's take you back to some disturbing footage from this past Thursday night on SmackDown. Mr. McMahon and Piper's Pit would hand this young fan an American flag. This fan was so excited. Roddy Piper got pretty upset that the fan wouldn't stop waving the flag. Well, the kid was proud and happy that his hero, Mr. America, handed him that American flag. And then Piper, from behind, attacked Mr. America. Mr. America, I have none of that. In a moment here, you can see a disturbing thing when the fan jumps the rail, which you should never, ever do. The problem was, Mr. America was in control of Roddy Piper. Right. But then uh, Roddy Piper's protege, Sean O'Hare, oh, with a chair attack to Mr. America. When the following happened, uh, and in Roddy Piper's defense, no one knew that no, no. his fan was, was handicapped. No, no, no doubt about it. I mean, and right now, man, that's the reason. Real fan game when you jump that guardrail, but then when we found out this here, and we see that this young man was handicapped, I mean, for nothing, in my opinion, the kid's got some guts even. I mean, to get in that ring, it's handicapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so as we know, Mr. America debuted, uh, when he did so, he did it on Piper's pit, but it was blatantly obvious that the man behind the mask was in fact Hulk Hogan. Uh, Vince, who got rid of Hogan by paying him to stay at home, was absolutely furious that Hogan would attempt to come back, but America was insistent that he was not Hulk Hogan. Uh, Vince, he, he then kind of fought with Stephanie and was very pissed off when he found out that not only she signed someone that she'd never met, she signed him to an ironclad contract, meaning that he could never be fired. Still fucking stupid fucking business sense. Um, the only way he could be fired was would be if he would have his mask taken off and be revealed himself to be Hulk Hogan. And so that night, uh, Hogan, he handed his American flag to a fan, who was Zach Gowan, sat in the audience, who would later attempt to save Hogan from a beatdown at the hands of Piper and O'Hare. And it was revealed that he only had one leg. Uh, now, Zach Gowan, to those who aren't familiar, Tenacious Z, uh, wrestled in the old NWA TNA. Rested on various independents as well. He lost his leg to cancer at age eight, and Hulk Hogan paid him a visit in the hospital at the time. Um, and basically, that was like he was his favourite wrestler. And from that minute on, Zach Gowan was like, "I'm going to be a wrestler." And the, if you've never seen him, and I said to people last time when he came onto uh, uh, onto our scene in SmackDown, if you've not seen him, go out there. I'll post some of his matches onto the page. This kid is fucking phenomenal to say that he's only got one leg. Like he's a cruiserweight. He can do sentons and moonsaults and. Fight. He's got one leg. He also competed in Ninja Warrior. He did. He did. I watched it and he fucking did really well in that as well. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It just shows that 
No, some people see it as a disability, but some people just see it as a way of life. It's something, this is how I've been, and this is how I'm going to be, and I'm going to carry on living like everybody else. That's why I always say that the Special Olympics is far more interesting for me than the normal Olympics. Because mm. these guys, like, you get these people that moan saying, ah, I'm getting a shit job, ah, fucking world's shit, blah, blah, blah. But then you go, this one guy who's got no arms, no legs, and he's fucking racing around and, 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 exactly. and, and doing fucking jumping hurdles when he's got no legs or arms. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's like, shut the fuck up. These people who are disabled, they've got like, they show like what hu the human oh, race... the tenacity. The tenacity yeah. that the human race lacks sometimes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so Hulk Hogan, he comes out, sorry, Mr. America, <laughs> he comes out uh, and he brings, it gets on the mic and brings out his pal Zach Gowen. Uh, Zach sits in the corner, possibly, slacks, probably, buzzing his little fucking tits off. Yeah. I know I would be. You've just been brought in for this storyline. If Hulk Hogan is your hero... You are now sitting in the corner of a Hulk Hogan match. Mr. America match, but he's fucking Hogan. You've just walked down the aisle with Hulk Hogan with real American playing in the background. My erection will be so hard right now. <laughs> the flag would have to go. Oh my God, Nothing to see. It's okay, don't worry. Oh, Heron Piper, double team Hogan, um, as the ref is distracted um, by Piper, allowing her to get in some last minute shots before the match officially began. That's why I stopped you right there. Why the fuck is Sean O'Hare not the one wrestling, and why is Hot Rod wrestling? And why is Sean O'Hare in his tights? Yeah, he's dressed to wrestle. This happens later, but it's Stevie Richards, and he always does it. When it's the women's match, Stevie Richards comes out of Victoria, ready to wrestle. Maybe he was in the dark match earlier. No, he was, obviously. Well, O'Hare? Yeah, not, nothing. Not, no TV Possibly taken, nothing though. that I've found. Nothing that I've found. He just, that's it, he comes out in his gear. He's always ready. It's like, it's like always carrying your football boots because you might always, you never know when you'll get a call up to England squad. No one ever knows. <laughs> Captain America rams Piper's head into Turnbuck a few times and hits a 10 punch in the corner. Um, O'Hare then trips Hogan as Piper has the ref distracted. Uh, and then uh, Piper nails Hogan from behind. Um, he throws Hogan in, back into the ring and whips him with his weight belt. So it's no DQ here, <laughs> obviously. Um, America returns the favour until her O'Hare distraction allows Piper to lock in a sleeper. Back in the 80s, this would be game over. No one kicked out of Roddy Piper's sleeper. But America recovers at the last minute, of course, and starts to hulk up. The Americans are. Or as Taz puts it, Hogan is, or is it Cole? One of them says he's starting to American up. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Mr. America, American it up, Cole! American it up. Yeah, like, you know, it kind of sounds like American up. Like American it up. On his feet. Uh, Piper then with a low blow, and McMahon, uh, who's then comes charging out. Um, he hands over a lead pipe, um, but Piper gets nailed instead of Hogan, allowing America to hit the leg drop, and Zach Gowan, of all fucking people, to jump up, prevent Vince McMahon from getting in the ring and breaking the cover, and... It, in 4 minutes and 58, I fucking so expected this to go longer. Mr. America is 1 and 0. Well, if this was Hogan, the end would be close to, to near, but I don't know what Mr. America's going to Wait a minute, Oh, man, here comes Mr. McMahon. The obsessed Mr. McMahon. The situation with Mr. America. That's, and look at Lowe with a blatant low blow as Mr. McMahon had the referee distracted. Right in the Star Spangled Banner right there. What a Sean O'Hare, a pipe, look yeah. like a pipe. Yeah, I seen it. Go for full Nelson. Piper is. I'm trying to strap up Mr. Murphy oh, oh, with that steel. Oh, oh, Piper instead. It backfired. And Mr. America with a right hand of his own. Now what? Now what? Late Kings Rock connects. Mr. America. Mr. America's gonna do it. Look at, look at the kid. Look at Zach Gowen. Holy shit. Zach 
did that. Look at Mr. McMahon's face. Zach Gallon, the fan, grabbed Mr. McMahon. Oh, my God. And Mr. McMahon from stopping the three count on Roddy Piper. Kid, you better get back to your bicycle route real quick. I'm glad. I'm glad it was over. And at least Piper can't say he didn't lose to Colin again. He lost to Mr. America. Yeah, the um, Hot Rod. But I'm... is it over? You've just said he's glad it's over. It's not over. It's obviously not. That was not even five minutes and we've just thrown Zach Gowan in. This is obviously not over. Oh, it's not over. over. <laughs> but it's over in Judgment Day. And I'm, I was very surprised by the fact that Hot Rod wasn't out of shape as much as I thought it was. Yeah, it did I look thought it was better. Gonna be I thought yeah. it was going to be fatter. It did look better, like but he still looked bad. Yeah. He still looked bad. He could still sell, though. He could still sell. He's one of the greatest. The big boot one Hogan gave him, and he, the sell he did. One of, one of the greatest. Oh, it's up to the day that he sadly passed away. Roddy Piper was... And we're going to see it in a couple of years' time when he has that tag team title run with Flair. Do you not remember that? Oh, when we bring on the Spirit Squad. Oh, I've got a whole shit lot to cover before I get there. Hot Rod and Flair? Yeah, and then um, he, Roddy Piper had to give up the tag team titles legitimately because they found he had kidney problems or something like that. I'm sure when he was tag team champions. I may be wrong with the illness, but I'm sure that started. He had to walk away and he had to take... It was a Taboo Tuesday. It was Ric Flair against an option, and his option was Roddy Piper. And they took the run the titles off fucking Spirit Squad. Oh, it's going to be a long time yet until yeah. we get there, but yeah. Uh, we see uh, Triple H walking backstage all intense and he gets stopped by his ex-wife slash real-life fiancé uh, who tells him to be careful. Just um, be careful, okay? He says nothing to carry on walking, <laughs> but maybe a reconciliation is on the cards. Mm. Are we going to see the McMahon-Helmsley faction come back together? It makes no sense because at this point, Stephanie McMahon is a face and Triple H is a heel. And she's the GM of SmackDown. Yeah, so I didn't, uh, I didn't really understand that at all. I didn't get it. But I think it just, again though, I liked it with the Piper-Jericho interaction earlier. We had it here as well. So one good thing about every month, we get to see the brands intertwine a little bit. Yeah. I always like to see always like it. But so, now we've got Triple H versus fucking Kevin Nash. Yes. So we get our video package for our next match. It is for the world title. It is the returning big daddy fucking certainly not sexy or cool Kevin Nash <laughs> against the purple machine himself, <laughs> Triple H. God, I'm glad to be back. And at the same time, I'm not so glad to be back. I bust my ass. So I can come back here and be with my buddies. So what happens? I come back, Sean's in the corner, handcuffed, Hunter's got a sledgehammer, and I'm right the hell in the middle of it! Kevin Nash saving Shawn Michaels from yet another beating. I mean, we're best friends! I gotta tell you, damn, it's good to see you back, man. But you gotta know something, man. It ain't never gonna be over between me and Shawn Michaels. I would just assume slap Shawn in the face and shake his hand. So now you've gotta make a choice. It's either him or me. The World Heavyweight title is on the line. The game and Booker T. And Shawn Michaels is against referee.
match is still in the middle. Still in the middle. They, they all three were best of friends. Oh, no! Oh, my God! Triple H just nailed Kevin Nash from behind. Oh, my gosh. I think Triple H just made the decision for Kevin Nash. Kevin, I told you, you don't want to be against me. Well, tonight, you find out what it means to be against the game. Oh, Triple H has got the sledgehammer. Triple H just nailed his former best friend, Kevin Nash. That's it, he got it. That's it. Oh, my goodness. What a battle by these six men. At Judgment Day, it's going to be Triple H defending the world title against Kevin Nash. Triple H did to me. He's right in my career. I'm still standing. Triple H, you're a dead man. It's funny that you say that, Big Kev, because you're not my only guest on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, to the highlight reel, Triple H. you got to be kidding. No way. Nash wants to, he wants a game in the ring. Oh, my, he's gone. These men were one time. I can't believe it. Look out. brothers and Jericho with a cheap shot. A low blow. Look out. No. Oh, God. What a vile chair shot. Not a pedigree. pedigree around that chair. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Nash thrown out somehow. These men are beginning to defeat the holy hell out of each other. They're shortening their lives and their careers here. Okay, they're fighting out near the street. They're outside. They cannot get... Look out, look out, look out! The driver of that truck just got thrown to the concrete. And look at the world's champion. Get the hell out of here! Is there anything the game can do to turn back the challenge of the 7-foot, 300-pounder? Now, as we've seen, Nash made his re-debut, uh, saving HBK from receiving a sledgehammer shot from the game. Uh, Nash didn't know why there was so much tension between the two. Um, guess that Nash didn't see SummerSlam 02 or the ending where the sledgehammer shot or well, anything. Um... I guess he didn't see any of that. Um, boring build. We had a boring six-man backlash. Boring 15-minute fucking backstage segment the other week. Um, dragged on and dragged on and dragged on. Granted, we said at the start where the one good thing they did to with, to with these guys is to keep them away from an actual in-ring one-on-one or two-on-two or whatever during the build-up. But it was terrible build-up. Yes. Because the storyline's not changed since it did before Backlash. No. It's just turned more now, instead of being all these people that I want to fight, it's now just you and I want the title. It's turned more title-focused. Yeah, well, <clears throat> getting straight into this match because I just wanted to be over. To be honest, <laughs> um, these, these, I'm going to read my notes. <laughs> I'm going to go for it. So Kevin Nash and Triple H get into it. Nash starts it and he knees Triple H in the corner. Then we get a back body drop from Kevin Nash onto Triple H. Then we get a big boot from Kevin Nash onto Triple H. Then a body slam from Kevin Nash. The repertoire is Triple out H. again. Then we get three elbow drops from Kevin Nash. Bosh, trifecta. And then we get a rake to the eyes from Triple H, so he and actually gets back into this it. This is an amazing match. What is up with you? Then we get a clothesline from Nash and a neck breaker from Nash. Poof! Learned that one at Power Plant. That surprised me. <laughs> Earl Ebner gets knocked out. Triple H low blows Nash to the knackers and Triple H exposes the ring post. Nash stops himself from getting hit into the ring post from Triple H. Then he gets a sidewalk slam onto Triple H. Then we get an elbow in the corner from Nash to Triple H. So 
Loads of fucking elbows. Uh, then we get a big boot again. From and Kevin then he Nash. sets up for the powerbomb. And I start to hear boos. And I'm thinking, oh shit. Nash is... People are getting bored of Nash. They don't want to see elbows and big boots and sidewalk slams and drop kicks. Uh, drop kicks, if only. Uh, and and power, bo- uh, power bombs and whatever. They don't want to see any more of that. And I'm like, oh no. Oh shit. The Kevin Nash main event run could be over. And then Kevin Nash, he... Uh, he eats the exposed turnbuckle, so he gets knocked straight into it. Though that leads up to a pedigree uh, from Triple H to Kevin Nash, and Kevin Nash kicks out at two. Kicks and out I was at like, two. I, I'm surprised, but I'm also pissed off at the same time. What, so I, what, what I don't like about Triple H in every Triple H match, though, if somebody kicks out of the pedigree, thinks, right, fuck it, sledgehammer time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so straight for his fucking second finishing manoeuvre, the sledgehammer shot. So Triple H gets a sledgehammer, and then. Earl Hebner tries to stop He's not having it, is he? He's not having it, Earl Hebner. And then Triple H just twats him. Not having it. Uh, With the sledgehammer, so your winner by GQ is Kevin Nash. Seven minutes and 50. Oh, thank God. That was dog shit. Yeah. It was really dog shit. It's under 10 minutes. And what did I say to you? Can you remember when I said that 15 minutes backstage brawl will be uh, longer than the match? Yeah, but thank you. Double time longer than the match. Yeah. Triple H has got the sledgehammer in his hand. The sledgehammer doing under the ring. Triple H is bringing that sledgehammer. Hell, this is this is not a no disqualification match. This might be over sooner than you think. They are not no holes barred. And he's going to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We all have a kind of unarmed the game. Oh, come on. That's got to be a disqualification. That's a. That's it. That's a disqualification. If I've ever seen one. Triple H saves his ass, baby. He saves his title for sure. Oh, look out here. Let it go. The, the match is over. Oh. Stick eyes. Face first in that exposed turnbuckle. The bell has sounded. The match has ended from a disqualification. No, it's not ended, JR. Matt Nash doesn't give a damn to thing is still going. Oh, my God. The Chuck Knight powerbomb from the seven-foot, 300-pounder. Nash is like a wounded animal. Nash, I don't even know if he realizes. I'm sure he heard the bell. Uh-oh. Oh, wait a minute. Nash has got that nasty mean streak. I he told has, you he was evil. He has seen Triple H's sledgehammer. He's going to get some revenge. And who the hell to blame Nash for making Triple H eat that sledgehammer? Get him out of there. Nash came to win the title. And this match is ended by disqualification. Triple H, I... Triple H saved his ass with that disqualification. Does he retain the championship? Of course he does. All right. It's all that matters. Look at him now, Kevin Nash. Look at the sore loser. Look at the sore loser, JR. Nash is, Nash is hitting anything that moves here. Hey, watch him, watch him, watch him. Oh, look out. Oh, out here. Nash thought the world's champion on our, our announcer. There's, there's Flair back. Flair's back. It's Nate. That's a... Flair's back my right hand, and down goes Flair. Get out, look out, get out of the way. Get out, get the kid, get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, where to go? Get some help over here. Get this thing stopped, bro. There's Shawn Michaels. Look out, hey, come on. Nash is, uh, Nash in a rage. Just, you all right, Shawn? Just knock down this, no, no, no. Break his back! You'll break his back! No, no! Stop! Oh my God! 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 O
People out here, we need them bad. Triple H, a dirty bastard, may have deserved it, but he is. This is a night the world champion will never forget. After the match, uh, Kevin Nash then big boots <laughs> Triple H again. After the match, Kevin Nash turns it on. Yeah, <laughs> he gives him a big boot, and then he uh, gives him the snake eyes onto the turnbuckle with the exposed turnbuckle, and then he gives him a jackknife powerbomb, and then Triple H starts to run off, and Nash chases him to the announce tables uh, up near the entrance, and then. What got me though was with, with Ric Flair, right? With Joe when he was no selling Ric Flair's chops. One faint blow, and I keep saying this about Ric Flair, his head must be made of polystyrene. One faint blow from Kevin Nash took Ric Flair out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every time. It happens every time Ric Flair in the ring, because I can beat him off anybody. Segment involving Triple H, you blow on Ric Flair. Surprising fucking blade. <laughs> Uh, and then with, he finishes the segment with a nasty, nasty powerbomb. An unsafe power. He didn't even take the lid off the announcer's table. That was a horrible powerbomb. And then fucking stands up. But that's, that's, what we, that's what we've got for Raw's main event. I loved it. Kind of. ish. It's Kevin Nash. It's Diesel. I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching Kevin Nash and Diesel. I did, but... Yeah, what, there's only so much of Kevin Nash's big boots and elbow drops and stuff. Boring, generic Kevin Nash moves that you can see. And what got me was the very lack of offence that Triple H actually got in in this match. Yeah, he got battered. What scares me is they are pushing Nash as this monster. But what also scares me is the fact that I don't think this fucking feud is over. No, it's not. It's not going to be over for like another two, three, <laughs> three fucking months. It's the same, same shit as what happened with Steiner. There's nobody good enough to go against Triple H at the moment. No. Um, I would happily have taken somebody from SmackDown. I, I don't see why they've not done like a little tiny draft. Just taken a couple of people, yeah. done a couple of swaps. It's a mid-season Imagine Eddie Guerrero in the, with tri Triple H. Benoit. Or yeah. Benoit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Somebody. Not some some ex WCW guy who just is oh, there he's for tearing a his, We spoke about this. He's tearing his way through the WCW main event by fucking... We've got rid of Steiner. We've got rid of Booker. We're trying to get rid of Nash, but he won't go away. Uh, we then cut again to the Skybox for the end of the Skybox segments of this evening. And it's all cumulating to one fucking great shot. Eric Bischoff, he's drank loads. He's eat loads. He gets offered one more plate of food, that being buffalo wings. Eric Bischoff can't cope anymore. So he opens the glass slide window of the skybox and then proceeds to fucking vomit on everybody. <laughs> Imagine if you're underneath thinking, yeah, but we're on camera again. Oh, we're on camera. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 you get covered. Now, what is it? Now, you see, is it fake spew coming through a tube up by the side of his mouth? And it, but you're getting covered in fucking chunks of something. Talking about, finally, you see Kevin Nash go out there and he says, well, I'm here. He's noticed. He's somebody. He's ready. Do you get that? Somebody's taking initiative here. Come on over here, honey. Get some chicken. Yeah, get over here. Oh, my gosh. What's wrong with you? I just... I think I've had too much to eat. Too much to eat? What do you mean? Yeah. I think I've had too much to eat. Damn, hot dogs, pizza, pepper. What the hell? You ain't got jalapenos where you're from? No. What are you talking about? You ain't got jalapenos where you're from? No, there's no jalapeno peppers in Minnesota. They're all Swedish. They don't eat that stuff. That's where you're from, Minnesota? Yeah. You're a pretty good old fella, ain't you? You know what? Let me tell you something. You ever been to Minnesota? No. 
You've never been there? No. Well, maybe we'll go sometime. You know, a lot of good things come out of Minnesota. They got good hunting. They got good fishing. They got a bunch of lakes. A lot of good things come out of Minnesota, but I'll tell you something. <laughs> you damn sure ain't one of them. And as a matter of fact, I think you're one sorry, sorry, some bitch. What you got to say about that? Oh! Oh, oh God! Oh, he hurled! <laughs> bitch, I'm cute! Oh, King. Do we have to see this? Is it going to show us this again? Take it again. Take Look it. at this. Poor JR. He's had jalapeno peppers, hamburgers, hot dogs, and there it all is again. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, King. I, I want to see this one more time. Oh, sure I can't do. believe my eyes. Oh, oh. oh spew the chunks. Oh, oh my oh, God. Hurl. That's a hurl. <laughs> I've only come here to watch fucking. <laughs> I paid money to come watch this shit pay per view, and I get covered in fucking spew. It's the bloody, uh, the white, the woman, the, the blonde woman, the blonde woman, the fucking shittest actress <laughs> I've ever seen. She gets spewed on. Yeah, but what is her reaction? What, she's smiling. She's just smiling through the whole thing. She's laughing. She's sell, woman. Fucking sell. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, she loved it. That waitress fucking loved it. She was like, yes, I'm on WWE TV and I'm going to smile through it all. It's like, can you remember when... Uh, Jake the Snake came back on Raw when yeah. the shield was around and he laid the snake over fucking Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose is there with the biggest fucking grin. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm walking out so much for this. <laughs> it's like you're a heel, man, sell it. So then it is time for our next match. It is time for the woman's title looking like a fucking set of Power Rangers. It is Jacqueline versus Victoria versus Trish versus Jazz. Uh, Jazz's porn music gets me every time and it got me again. I fucking love it, absolutely love it. Um, this was thrown together over nothing as per usual with the Divas division on Raw. Uh, Teddy Long mentioned on Heat how this was all about the man keeping them, them down. Um, I hope that we get to see the man one day. I want the character to come out of this supposed man that's keeping uh, the blacks down. Just like a big black man just to walk out. <laughs> no, you, no, it's got to be the, the whitest of white guys you've ever seen. Uh, it's got Donald to be like Hogan. <laughs> Hogan level as white Donald guy. Trump. Yes, something like that. That's the man. I want to see the man. <laughs> oh, Donald Trump comes walking out. <laughs> um, the, so the match itself, uh, the baby faces, they take out the heels. Uh, then they go out with each other until Victoria trips Trish and takes her to the outside where she whips her into a ring post. Uh, Jackie with a butterfly suplex on the champ for a two. Uh, Victoria gets a tilt well into a side slam and then it's broken up at a two count. Uh, Jazz hits Victoria from behind and it's the bitch slam. She's fucking, that again just looks like it hurts. She's holding your arm behind your back and then she's just throwing it to the mat. Looks like it hurts. Uh, Jazz, uh, she catches Trish beautifully and turns a roundhouse attempt into an STF. Um, at the same time though, Jackie has got Victoria in a single leg crab. Uh, Trish gets to the ropes, so Jazz immediately kicks off fucking Jackie off Victoria. Fucking Jazz there with a ring awareness. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Trish matrixes out of a clothesline, prompting Jerry to hit his reloaded joke. Yeah. Fucking pervert. Uh, Trish hands start up. Do you always think it's pervert? And I was sat there going, 
Boobies. Boobies <laughs> off the touring table. Uh, Trish, she does a handstand runner onto both her heels, which is it's getting better. I'm kind of liking it. This, it's one of them kayfabe moves that the other person has to help. Because, like, surely in real life, a handstand where you're sat on a top turnbuckle, you just go, karate chop onto Fanny! <laughs> <laughs> or something along the lines. But, oh no, it was brilliant, did it twice. Um, Widow's peak attempt on Jackie's turned into a Northern Lights uh, for two by Jazz. Who then hits a stiff DDT onto Jacqueline uh, after a splash for the win in four minutes and 48. Yet again, another match doesn't even hit five minutes. Trish Stratus took two nasty bumps in that match. Oh, the one over the top. The turnbuckle. Oh, fuck yeah. And the one over the top, she went for the Stratus faction. Yes. And just got The dropped. one over the top, when she goes for the Stratus faction and gets pushed over, uh, it cuts to her at the, uh, after Jazz is celebrating. And you see that she's busted her lip and possibly she's lost a tooth. Yeah. That pretty little face. How about a little Spanish faction? Well, no! Oh my gosh! Over the elevator, Trish! Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Trish, look at that top rope, didn't find it. Went over the top of it. Is she alright? Victoria's got Jackie in that backbreaker. Jackie kicked her way free. Look at this! Nice suplex there. Jazz! Northern Lights suplex by, by Jackie. Oh, that's a hard, oh. hard DDT. A hard DDT. Oh. It's over. Wow. The winner of this match, and still women's champion, Jazz. In all due respect, the bitch is back, and she's still the women's champion. Wow. And I thought Trish had this what thing a, going her way. An unbelievable sequence of events. First, this Trish, you're right, she had it going, going for the satisfaction, and then, oh my God, was that her tooth? They got knocked out face first, all the way from over the top rope, and then this huge splash. Jackie had Jazz. the match. Jackie had the match won, it looked like. And Jazz interrupted. Oh, oh the man, that's a sickening DDT. Jackie, I hope she comes out on tomorrow night's Raw. Big fucking shiner. It's like Triple H, full on. Plaster across the face. I've been battered and brought like Bischoff did. Come on, Bischoff with the roar after No Way Out. Yeah. When he came out after Austin's <laughs> beating him up with a neck brace on and everything. Um, so as women's matches go, Poor. let's let's try and have a spectrum. Um, the best one we've seen, I'd say, is the Survivor Series hardcore match of Victoria and Trish. Yeah. The worst one we've seen is probably any fucking women's match on Raw. With Dawn Marie. With Dawn Marie. Anyway. Dawn Marie and Tori Wilson on SmackDown. Yeah. So if that's the fucking gauge, where does this lie? Middle. Bang in the middle? Yeah. Say it wasn't bad, it had its moments. Yeah. It was okay. It was just a filler. It was a it, was a, it was a match to stop Raw's main event and SmackDown's main event being after each other, or vice versa, being after each other. Basically. It's like what they do in modern day. They stick a 205 live match in there, a Cruiserweight fucking match in there. Um, so we get a video package and it's time for our main event. It is Brock Lesnar, the saviour of the Cruiserweights, against Big Show in a stretcher match. What a match we've got coming up next. The WWE title is on the line. Brock Lesnar defending against the Big Show in a stretcher match. This match is straight up barbaric. This is a vicious, violent match. It's a career-jarring match, and it's for the WWE Championship. The stretcher match idea all came about with what happened a month ago at Backlash. The heinous actions of the Big Show toward Rey Mysterio. Mysterio's going for the West Coast pop, but oh, he's caught in oh, midair. No, oh, Big no, Show! Oh, no, he's gone! He's gone! Big Show may have broken Mysterio in half. Ah. And here comes 
come the EMTs. Ray Mysterio landed really hard for about maybe 10 feet in the air. EMTs are taking no uh, no chances here. Oh my God, Big Show is back. What the hell is he doing uh, back here? Oh Big my Show's God. doing? No! Stop this! No! No! Oh my God! Ray Mysterio, Ray, it is great to have you back. What can we expect to see in the ring? The doctors say I should be cleared to wrestle in a couple weeks. I never thought I would be able to wrestle again when the Big Show put me on that stretcher. You know what went through my mind? My family. For the first time in my life, I felt scared. Would you ever consider getting back into the ring with the Big Show? I don't think I can answer that right now. Big Show has Rey Mysterio hostage. Wait a minute! Here comes Lesnar! Brock Lesnar! Take it down the Big Show! Big Show, you can run all over the bat. You can run all over the locker room. You can come in this ring and bully anybody you want. But I ain't standing for it. You want to bully somebody, Big Show? Try to bully Brock Lesnar! You calling me out for a fight? I'm not stepping in that ring until you put that WWE Championship on the line. You want this title? Come and get it! Seems how Big Show likes stretchers so much. Why don't we make our title match a stretcher match? The WWE title is on the line in a stretcher match, Big Show and Brock Lesnar. It has been 17 years since there's been a stretcher match in the WWE. It takes years off your career in one night. The object is to beat your opponent senseless and then wheel them out of the arena. How the hell is Lesnar to get Big Show on the stretcher? Are we looking into the eyes of the next WWE Champion? And now, after being humiliated a few times by Rey Mysterio, Big Show finally defeated Rey at Backlash, but drove him into the ring post in a sickening spot while Rey was strapped to a stretcher. And still to this day, it's been a couple of episodes since then, but I'm still fucking bewildered as to why you fucking said, Yeah, great idea! Go with that, strap him to a finger, you'll feel <laughs> like a fucking club. Uh, this pissed off Brock, who wanted Big Show to bully someone his own size, setting up tonight's match. Now, the first stretcher match in the WWE was in... 1975. 1986. Uh, and the, the uh, wrestlers who competed in the match were... Avon Eric. No. Uh, Terry Funk. No. Andre the Giant versus... Hogan. Killer Khan. And the last one on national TV up to this point was the early days of NWA TNA with... Ric Flair. NWA TNA? Ric Flair was part of WWE. Oh, sorry, NWA TNA. TNA's early doors. Oh, run the truth killings. No, what we got getting close. Against... Uh, hey, hey, Chico. Oh, Scott Hall. Scott Hall. So that was the last uh, stretch match that we've had on national TV up to this point. The build-up around this is all about Big Show is too big for the stretcher. Yes. What's Brock going to do? What's Brock going to do? But the build-up in general. 
out of all the, the build-ups that we've had, this has kind of had a, a, a point. I like how they've used Ray's, Ray's returning there. Um, I absolutely loved the fucking segment where you had Ray. So when you're going to come back, Ray, oh man, I don't know, I don't know. So Ray, would you ever get in, in the ring with, uh, Brock Les uh, with Big Show again? Oh, I don't know, man. That's one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Big Show taking Ray Mysterio? Fucking love that. And then you get, obviously, Big Show, uh, Brock Lesnar coming out saving Ray. We've built to this point. This should be a brilliant match. Obviously, we've had these two compete a couple of times. Um, we've discussed. Survivor Series is one. We have discussed this in, in detail that it's very hard to have Big Show and Brock Lesnar put on a decent match. But if you add a stretcher, you add it a stretcher. gets good. You add a stretcher. Uh, so Big Show, he comes to the ring with the same stretcher board that he's been carrying for the last few weeks with Benoit, Mysterio and Lesnar's name on it. I love that. Absolutely love it. I it's, heard they have that. It's act. a little gimmick. Dudley's used to do it with the tables and they write people's names on yeah. it going through the table. I hope that they've got a Mattel Elite figure. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? Holding the stretcher. Oh, Judgment Day 2003 edition. Yeah. Oh, that'd be I'd amazing. I'll buy it tomorrow. Um, we get a, a few stretchers that are scattered at ringside and not fucking one of them looks strong enough to Lesnar, never mind strong enough for Big Show. I think they're just, do you remember where, where the, we've mentioned before about ladder weapons where they're, they're not the ladders that people used to climb? I think we've got weapon stretchers here, gimmick stretchers. <laughs> um, Big Show, he swings the board at Lesnar but Lesnar ducks and nails a few shots of his own with the board. Uh, one shot to the head sends Show over the top. Uh, Show comes back with a boot and a headbutt, which Lesnar sells like an absolute fucking hero. I do love Brock Lesnar selling. I always said it, love it. Uh, Show, he sets up the board and he goes to ram Lesnar into it, but Lesnar slips out and rams Show into the post. Uh, Show then with a press slam onto the stretcher and he just wallops fucking Lesnar with a board. It makes a cracking sound. Uh, Lesnar, he tries to Irish whip Show, but Show catches him in a massive choke slam. And in any normal match, that probably, potentially, could have been match over. Yeah. Because it was that good of a chokeslam. But I suppose in this sort of um, element, you can bring out your best. Well, they always bring out the finisher, but you can bring out your best finisher. Do you know what I mean? Like, Lesnar could bring out a super F5. I'm not happy seeing the F5s from Lesnar on Big Show. Not with the way he's doing them. It looks... Well, the Dangerous. F, well, the F5 on this, and I'll get to a bit later, was more of an FU than an F5. Yeah. It's, it's hard, well, it's, if you think it's dangerous for Brock as well, because he's got to get him from one shoulder to the other without him fucking snapping his own neck. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, very fucking dangerous. Uh, Lesnar, he places uh, Big Show onto a stretcher, but he tries to fight off, but then uh, Show hits a mean clothesline, and Lesnar takes a nasty show, uh, a, a nasty show, and Lesnar takes like a really nasty fall to the floor. Yet again, we've had Charlie Ass, Trish, Lesnar. What is it with people falling off the fucking ropes and taking horrible bumps tonight? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't looking forward to the match that much, but like, as soon as you you, you start watching it, you want to watch it more and more and more. Yeah, it got better as the match went yeah. on. You got a lot more invested and invested. Lesnar then he fights back, and with the aid of some cables, um, he tries to choke out the Big Show. Uh, Lesnar then places the Show onto a stretcher. That holds the Big Show. Getting rid of all the fucking build-up and the logic to there isn't a stretcher that exists in the fucking universe <laughs> to hold the Big Show. But, fucking Lesnar, because he's pulling a cable that's not loose... He can only get the stretcher to move a foot, and then there's no fucking tension on the fucking Yeah, and then he table. fucking pulls the stretcher. <laughs> he pulls it and takes a fucking right fall. He flies into the fucking With the way. thing attached to his neck. <laughs> yeah, but imagine, though, if that cable would have snapped. That could have either choked the big show fully, hanged him, or you don't know what that was tied to. Yeah. That could have pulled out the fucking speakers, the lights, the cameras. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking brought those there. Too many steroids, man. They mess with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> they mess with your mind. Um... 
holy fucking shit, Lesnar's body slam onto show onto the stretcher. Yeah. The bounce he took off that. Ooh. Uh, Show and Lesnar then have have a tug of war over a stretcher which ends with Lesnar being driven into a post. Uh, Lesnar then charges at Show, uh, knocking him off the apron and again Show just bounces off a fucking stretcher again. I do like how they've made these stretchers quite springy. I love the the fact that they're trying to make a stretcher look like it actually hurts. Yes, yes. Uh, Whereas if you landed on all that cushion, it probably... I imagine it would because it's not that much cushion. If if you're that much weight of the big show, I imagine the, the force of it springing down is... Maybe it's going to hurt you a bit. I don't know. Maybe a fucking strong stretcher, though. Set the oh, picture. fucking hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then, Brock Lesnar, he pisses off to the fucking back. And he's going, I've got an idea. And then, all of a sudden, fucking Rey Mysterio's music hits. And Rey Mysterio looks to batter the big show for all of about three seconds. And I'm thinking, oh, poor Rey. He's going to get swung into something again. He's going to get that board kicking about somewhere. Oh, fuck. But no, that is just a distraction. As out of fucking nowhere. I love that. I love the fact that they brought Rey Mysterio out first because I thought that's what Brock Lesnar's plan was. Yeah. I, I enjoyed how they, they, got, they made a distraction by using not just... They the easily could have just had Big Show stood there for two minutes going, where's he going, where's he going? Then all of a sudden he comes crashing through. But no, they actually added that additional element because like me watching it, I'm thinking, oh shit, Rey's going to get battered. So he's adding that extra little element where you're that extra bit uh, where you're just kind of drawn into the match a bit more. Uh, you're invested, let's say. Uh, but then, screeching fucking out of the fucking back, you can tell someone's got their forklift license. <laughs> fucking Brock Lesnar! Fucking, I thought he was going to topple it. Literally, when he turned that corner, I thought he was toppling this. And how amazing that would have been. How amazing. But, no, he pulls up to the ring. He climbs on top of the fucking forklift. And like Superman, flies through the air, taking out fucking Big Show. A few shots later, an F5 slash FU later, and in 15 minutes and 27 seconds, which again was not a very long match, no. Brock Lesnar is still your world champion. And uh, that was Judgment Day. Brock Lesnar hopes to hold on to that title tonight at Judgment where, where Day. Where is Brock going, Cole? I don't know. Yeah, forget about the 40 years ago. Where is Brock going? Brock Lesnar's got to have some sort of plan. But what it is, I have no idea. The champion is walking out of this arena. This might be a mistake by Lesnar. Not a Big Show's getting to his feet. I don't think Big Show has a clue where he's at. I, I, I don't know what to say. Where's, where the hell's Brock? The champion has left the arena. Keep in mind, there are no countouts in this match. Can't get counted out. Wait a minute! Could it be? Stop. Stoop. What the hell is he? I have no clue. Look at this! Mysterio's in the ring! Ray Ray is in the ring! Ray Mysterio behind the Big Show! Big Show, Big Show to his feet! Six, one, nine! Disqualifications in this matchup. Mysterio with payback on his mind, but the Big Show just floored Mysterio, and there is the look in the eyes of the Big Show again. Remember the last time Mysterio, Big Show, and a stretcher were in a ring at Backlash. On a pay-per-view, that's right. Oh, here it goes. That primal scream. Mysterio! Look at my god! And there goes the other one! 
fucking strong. This brought the unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Lester off the charts, stalking the big show. I can't believe what has transpired here tonight. You can feel the momentum shift. The pace has been picked up. What is Brock getting by with that forklift? Shot to the midsection. and getting him the hell out of this arena past that yellow line. Shockwave Mysterio showed up here. Brock coming battling for the arena on a forklift. Big Show's F5. And Brock Lesnar, look, look, look at this. Oh. Brock Lesnar placing that stretcher on that pallet on that forklift. And perhaps we're beginning oh. to see what Lesnar had in mind. He's dragging the carcass of the Big Show toward the forklift. Big Show's out, Cole. He's out. That F5 just took out the big man. Perhaps there's not a structure in this arena big enough to haul the Big Show out. You think the forklift? Perhaps can? the forklift's big enough. Oh, Bro Brock figured it out. Brock figured it out. Big up to Brock. Big Let's Show Let's... rolled onto this, this homemade stretcher, so to speak. A stretcher with an engine. <laughs> a lot of horsepower. The Big Show is out on a stretcher, on a pallet, on a forklift. I don't see any signs here. I don't, the Big Show. Now Brock Lesnar's got to back this thing up and move the Big Show past that yellow line. Referee right there. Oh, he's lifting up higher. The forklift can do it. Look at this. Oh, my God. This <laughs> homemade stretcher is back in the car. Brock Lesnar, he did it. Has retained the title. This is surreal. The fact that, like, Big Show was on the was on the stretcher on the forklift and he raised it so high. Oh, that was the best thing because again, and it looked added, good for the camera. An additional element to it, yeah. As he as he's pulling away with the forklift, he big, takes Big Show as high as he physically can with the forklift, just to make it again look like well, if he stands up, if he rolls off his foot, <laughs> you know, Big Show, you're holding on to that thing, aren't you? Thinking, look, if I slip here, <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah. It's gonna make good TV, but I am fucked. But. That has been Judgment Day 2003, another one in the bag. I enjoyed it. It was okay. I enjoyed Judgment it, it Day. Was, I expected shit and I got delivered. Hmm. Not shit. Yeah. yeah. It was a good it was a good pay-per-view. It was a good pay-per-view. We've seen far worse. No way out is one that comes to mind for me, and Rebellion especially comes to mind for me. Well I think it kind of the what this pay-per-view helps as well is it's um you know, every match the storyline's progressing. But they're using the pay-per-views in the right way to progress the storyline. Like we're now going to see with the with the tag team titles with the Guerreros. Um, obviously, Chavo's gone for a while, so Eddie and Tajiri. We're going to see the team angle then chase after the belts again. Um, obviously, we're going to see Nash and Triple H again. Um, 
that's your title, as we discussed, is Jericho and Booker T are now chasing Christian. So there is a lot of stories, and I'm quite looking forward to the next set of tapings and the next. Well, I'm not looking forward to Bad Blood at all, no. which will be the next pay per view because it's going to be headlined again by Kevin Nash and Triple H. And I love Diesel, and I really do, and it fucking hates me to watch him in 2003. I think that the, the, the sad thing is that you're going to have to have Bad Blood before you get a SmackDown pay per view. Before you get Good Blood. <laughs> There is, that is the thing. We don't see a SmackDown pay-per-view for a bit now. But, as always, Christian, match of the night, worst match of the night. And if Judgment Day was a ruthless aggression era superstar, who would he be? Match of the night, I would give that to Eddie Guerrero and to Jiri vs. Team Angle. Worst match of the night, I would have to say the worst match was a women's match. It always is. Yeah. But yeah, it was the worst one. And if it was a ruthless aggression era wrestler, I would have to say... It is Booker T. For reasons. Booker T, the reason why is he can do some things that are rather unexpected in the ring oh, at times. Okay. Uh, for me, match of the night, main event, absolutely thought it's a stretch of match goals, thought it was brilliant. And as we discussed, there's, there's not much you can do with Brock and Show, uh, but they pulled it off yet again. Uh, worst match of the night, I, I'm torn between Nash and Triple H because that was a steaming pile of horseshit. <laughs> and the women's match, I'm gonna go with Nash and Triple H, I think. And if uh, Judgment Day was a ruthless aggression era superstar, Christian. Because sometimes I watch Christian, and I'm like, nah. Sometimes I watch Christian, and he blows me away. And that's what it felt like watching this pay-per-view. Some matches were meh, some matches blew me away. Yeah. And on that note, Christian has been, I think it was Randy Orton that said it, Christian is one of his favorite people to wrestle because he's really good in the ring. There you go, and we'll end on there. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram on YouTube, RA Era Podcast, and also RAERAPodcast.com for all our bonus material. But we will leave it there, and until next time, which we will be delving back again into Raw and SmackDowns, I've been Dave. I've been CJ. Peace, Peace out, people. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my grind, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood too. I'm ready to smell fear. I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smoked, I was hot. I want it all. 